This is the X&C Podcast, your Xbox newscast, featuring Cold Eastwood and Gaz, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, X&C Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with the Xbox Newscast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How's everybody doing? I'm Cole Eastwood. I'm here with my co-host, Gaz. <laughs> uh, Hi. That was the least professional intro. Uh, we're so glad to have you. Uh, welcome, everybody, uh, to the show. Uh, this is episode 70, and we're... Broadcasting live on the Coldieswood Channel on the dulcet evenings here in Washington State and across the world. Gaz, how are you doing? I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling great. <laughs> I feel like I need to master. Ah! Hi, everyone. Welcome to X and C, the family show, former family show. <laughs> We keep it real. I'll keep it clean, happy bomb, before you slap me across mm-hmm, the head. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm, still echoing, mm-hmm, am I, chat? Mm-hmm. I mean, Gaza and I wouldn't hear it, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get it figured out. That would be a new problem. You know, new technical difficulties rolling in as we'll here on the show with all these will show with Gaz. No, but we're, we're really yeah. excited uh, to be here. We've got a lot to talk about, and a lot of stuff broke uh, as it does late in the week, last week, but we will talk mm-hmm. about it. Let me give a shout out to, uh, well, well, let me first start by saying thanks to my producer. I've got the X and C Xbox club set up and, uh, there's about 20, 22 members where we can just get on party chat and play games like Fortnite or Halo Infinite, or just sit in a party chat and chill. And guess the funny thing about these, which you haven't been able to be on because it's like super early in the morning for you, but it kind of turns into this mini off the air podcast where we start discussing all the news of what's going on, giving our like conspiracy theories about what's going on with Xbox and PlayStation. Like you've been there for those type of things, right? Yeah, I hate it. I, yeah, that's 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 what you want to do, right? It looks like after you've done a podcast, you go in and <laughs> the members of the community, and they all expect you to carry on with the <laughs> podcast. Um, no, I I'm being yeah. It'd weird. be like if um, I got to go to dinner with uh with a musician I really like, and I'm like, hey, I brought this guitar. Can you play some stuff while I have my ravioli? No, but um, you know, we it's, it's I do cool. cool. I hang out with the RDX guys and the Xbox Two people. Reconnection successful. I'm okay, I had a little disconnect there. I'm gonna make sure that we're still live. I don't know how that happens, but I'm assuming you saw like a little thing like this. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We're um back. we're back. I'll, we'll we'll find out in like ten seconds if we're back. And hopefully everything's running we're smoothly. Back. A glitch yeah, yeah. in the right. matrix. So 
shout out to OBS for actually fixing itself. That's very cool. Uh, what was I saying? I was just saying the channel members. Let me read these through. And we'll get started. Matt Burns, William Lanza, Nano, Paulie Matthew, Donna Cazado, Robert Ford, Lord Starkiller, Dante Moody, Beta Max, Dark CMF, Gaz, Fox Storytelling, Reek Havocs, Fault Lines, Zenner White, Devario 2 Gaming, to Blue, Poochie, Remix Gaming, V Simcoe, Assassin, Raymond G, Dub, Larry Thatcher, Hargit Chani, TK Chillin, Raiden Blade, Acute Perspective, True 77, Risk It for the Biscuit, who's also in the chat, and Widya Santasso, Gaz, those people. I haven't played games with them, but I want to know what have you been playing? You've been you've been playing a lot of stuff lately. I've been playing random things again. I said I was going to stick to one game, but I can't do it. Thank you. Quick resume. Although you're going to love this chat. Key demographic here: PlayStation games. Yeah, I've been I've been playing COD Modern Warfare Beta. I've been playing the hell out of it before it goes maxed out level on that. Um, but. I really miss it already. I know people are like, eh, about it. I, I really like Call of Duty. Yes, there are some concerns, but generally I'm very excited. David Jaffe was excited about COD. I was like, ah, what? I didn't know he was a big multiplayer guy. That's really good. So me and him uh, are going to play the game together. Launch day. Join us. It'll be fun. There'll be a lot of expletives. Um, so there's that. I've been playing... Spider-Man 2018, finally, and I've realized how overrated that game is. Yes, it's overrated as hell. I haven't completed it, but <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima, on the other hand, underrated. 83 Metacritic for Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima's what? the, yeah, it's the bomb. Tsushima's good. What yeah. is Spider-Man 2018 Metacritic? I want to see this. This, this. I already know. It's an 85. It's kind of mad. Maybe it's an 87. Oh, yeah. That's where Ghost should be, and that should be an 83. Well, I haven't completed it. I played um, all of Tsushima, and I can't see why it would be lower than... They're both beautiful. I don't know. uh, There's more skull in Ghosts, even though they're both very derivative. There are checklist kind of games. Like I I see that with with Spider-Man, Chase Pigeons, or... Here's a trillion icons again. <laughs> Wait a minute. What, 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 you've been playing nothing but PlayStation games. You got the Call of Duty beta, which was on PlayStation. You're playing Spider-Man. You're playing Ghost of Tsushima. You're playing... Uh, I mean, what, what else? On you... Xbox as well. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I've been yeah. playing uh, Hellsinger, Devil Hellsinger, which is kind of cool. I started to get into it. Once you have to calibrate, the calibrations are a bit iffy. I think that there are 90% of people will get that wrong unless you stick with it. But I've been playing that. Uh, people playing everything. A lot of PlayStation games, and yeah, like we can talk about it. We can talk about stuff um, because they lead into some other topics. I am sure. I've also been playing Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, so I went really far, almost completed on PC, and then just kind of lost my favor with it. And then uh, you know what? I said uh, everyone is talking about it now. I I'll tell you why. Just like everyone else, I'm a sucker. Cyberpunk Edge Runners is amazing. The anime is so good. One of the most highly rated animes on, uh, highly rated anything on Netflix, by the way. The most yeah. thumbed up liked thing, and I completely understand. And that, like a lot of people, has got me into Cyberpunk, like seeing record numbers of like resurgence. It saved the game. Really, it has. So I've been ba- I'm back to play Cyberpunk on my Xbox just to see if you know is it 
Let's, that bad. And let's talk about stuff. let's talk about what happened because you know people are saying that the Edge Runners anime reinsurged people to play the game. I think I made a word up, reinsurged. But people are uh, <laughs> people are uh, excited to play it. But also, yeah. CD Projekt Red has done like a bunch of different patches, and finally they got like the real patch. It should have been how the game launched. But what I am showing here today that will be running during the show while we talk about other stuff as well. I've got three different games I want to show today that'll be on the show. But what you're looking at is basically well, this is all of the launch uh, footage of Cider- Cyberpunk. And I'm looking at this replay, which is, it it almost looks like it's running, now it's running at 60 here. Um, It chugs a little bit, but I always kind of sat back last year, Gaz, and I thought, people were complaining, I'm like, you know, this game doesn't blow your mind, it doesn't break ground, but it's just a good, enjoyable game, and it's kind of addictive, and people wouldn't touch it because they thought it just wasn't up to standards, and it wasn't, but... You know, people like Fonz and I just kept playing it because we were really liking it. And so what I want you guys to keep an eye on while you watch the gameplay is this is the launch version on the Xbox Series X. It's Gen 9 aware, which means it's really only made to run on the Xbox One and Xbox One X. But because of the hardware raw on the Series X, it just gets a little bit better performance just right out of the, just from the circuitry, just firing and doing its thing. But um Gaz, you played it on PC and Xbox at launch and ditched it. Mm-hmm. I ditched it only because one, the inevitable promise of what was an unfinished game, really. A lot of that's the impression a lot of people got, still have about a lot of things because there was this promise of we will fix this. So I'm like, am I playing? Almost felt like a, an early beta of the game because it was such a mess. Even on PC, there were lots of problems. There were so many issues, so many starfish people walking around. So many. I had one bug. I think that was the where I, uh, I was like, I progressed far in the story, and the core story has incredibly well realized characters that you feel something well voiced, really well like felt something. I'm on without spoilers, but then I like I play the game, and then there are a few things. Look. I saw Paris say this. I said, this is the cyberpunk game we all wanted. No, it's mm. not. Wrong. That's just wrong. Don't speak for everyone. For one, Paris. I keep coming at you, but well, you're in the space. I'll slap your bald head. No, please don't hurt me. Uh, but uh, there's well, a point to be made. To say, Paris could just squeeze your head and it'll pop off into this guy. But he's too nice. He's too nice. He has to catch me first. But it's not the game we all wanted because the game we wanted was the game we were promised and Cyberpunk is still not that game. Please do not fool yourself into thinking that. But that doesn't mean that the game itself is bad because beneath all those promises of what Cyberpunk should have been, it's still an extremely competent RPG that is set in the Cyberpunk world that still has problems even in its own right. So you mean you be critical about these things and peel away yourself from the senile gamers and the yellow chair gang, you will come back and think, okay, this is a beautiful looking game, mm-hmm. but there are fundamental issues if you take away take away what Cyberpunk was promised and the choices and all of that. Yeah. L- let me combat the I combat. want to hear from the I want the chat to also oh. pipe up about what they what the, are you looking at the footage everyone's like oh it's pan am uh i was more of a johnny silverhand guy myself but uh no uh 
some of the problems with cyberpunk you drive out and there's no no traffic on the freeway the pedestrians look really flat shaded and really weird the game just didn't break any ground but it was just really good and the, the shooting's a little slippery i want to hear from the chat like right in the chat what you thought of the game because i really feel like it didn't we were expecting like this transformative experience from CD Projekt Red, the way that Witcher just took you into the world. And this one just really felt like a Gen 8 game in Gen 9 made for Gen... Or Gen 8 for Gen 9 or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I gens, don't know. Like Gen I mean, I hate to, I hate to say that. I hate kind to of. say that because people get mad, but... Uh, it, it isn't a 360 game because 360 games didn't look like this, but in its core skeletal structure it just kind of does a lot of what we saw in open world sandbox games it doesn't break any uh he doesn't break any envelopes but uh i really did enjoy it it was was supposed to be it was there i was at the press events i saw what they talked about all the player choices that means nothing there was supposed to be what did the press say when they saw that behind the closed door thing guys you remember yeah oh man they were talking about how and specifically i was there in front of them the devs were there they were talking about it to the press event saying and this was public anyway but it was talking about the player choice they kept going on about mm-hmm. how these divergence strands would change you make this choice this will be a I'm like, how could they make such a big game with so many different choices it's like you could never complete this game and 80 percent of the choices don't make any difference really and it's obvious but even in the basics, look at the game world and the NPCs and the dialogue options and you know, all the, the live voice lines that they come out. They just walk around. It seems like the, the illusion is thinly veiled. Like you want to be sucked into, like there's a very marked difference between CDP Project Reg's open world and Rockstar's open world. Completely different. Like, And that's a game that came out two gens ago. That's completely different. There are other problems as well. Like the execution of it wasn't great. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, for instance, let's let's make this contrast of why that's good. In Cyberpunk, without offering spoilers, it's about Cyberpunk. You get these bio upgrades. The whole premise about that is kind of like how society has accepted these upgrades and the dangers behind it, and how you mm-hmm. know cyber psychosis is a thing, and just the physical. You know, ma- you know, just augmentation and what that relinquishing your flesh for robotics in the game. What do you do? You go into the Ripper, jo- Ripper Dock and menu. And I remember this. I I think I switched to oct- ocular ocular implant or something. Mm-hmm. It's like it's an Excel spreadsheet. Like you just change the value, bro. I just you changed, changed my in the menu. And my yeah. eyes and my arms, at least let me see some Quake 4 level saw cutting me in half, at least some animation, something. <laughs> or even Deus Ex. Deus Ex Mankind Divided and Hume Revolution covered this better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's well, that's a great guess, a great point. Things like that, that they were missing. They went into a lot of detail with the incredible game. The shining thing, then, this is what fooled a lot of reviewers. It's the world aesthetically looks beautiful like i stopped to look at night city during the day and during night just like in wonder of how nice it was but the world kept reminding me of how hollow it actually was i had one bug where npc was walking and he was literally pissing everywhere 
like it was just a bug. He was urinating. The, the, it was just like he was having a conversation, man. Just stream of water kept coming. I was laughing. I was they, so much. Like, what is this game? Or, they had a design in the game that if you're walking down a sidewalk and there was like uh, a dozen people on the sidewalk in front of you and behind you, it, this was in the design at launch. If you turned around and looked at the pedestrians and turned your turned back around, the ones in front of yeah. you would be replaced with new pedestrians. It was like a scrub and, yeah. and refresh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and that's no longer in there, which breaks immersion. But when I play the game, as much as I love it, it really feels like they were halfway ready like we had the city halfway ready we like it's all playable now like you can get in there you can get in cars you can go into buildings you can shoot people right that we have some quests that's kind of how it felt to me like this game needed quite a few more years it's something they worked on for eight years total um I know. I know and obviously this is a management problem we've talked about this ad nauseum what actually went wrong and the management took it took it uh ahead Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I'm still excited, despite the fact that to try and fix some of these problems and shortcomings will require systematic change. Whether or not that change is forthcoming, I don't know. But what I do feel from CDPR, CD Project Rate, is a real intent to impress everyone. Real intent. They've worked hard to fix the bugs. They've said no to last gen. Thank you. Thank you for having the balls to do that. And doing the right move, which will ultimately benefit uh, Cyberpunk. But I just feel like they they really are just resolute. I, unlike, like, draw comparisons 343, I have more f- faith in CD Projekt Red getting that right. Whether or not, ultimately, I want Halo to be great, so hopefully 343 can prove me wrong. But yeah, you know, with Edge Runners, the up DLC, or whatever update, I'm excited. Also, the game story is great in many ways. You do, please don't, like people make, uh, you know, aspersions from my critical way or the manner in which I say it. And I'm saying I'm, it's a bad game. It's not a bad game. There are many ways it excels. But there are also mm. weaknesses, like I'm watching the combat preference or what whatnot. It's just really doughy, all these numbers flying through. And it's just, it never gelled. There was no cadence to the combat. If you want to review that most, if you care about what people care about, what I think the review that I think best summarizes this so well is actually Jeff Grubb's review of cyberpunk. And I, and I remember before the, the review came out, he, by the way, he keeps his embargoes quite clean. Cause even in the background, he wouldn't say anything. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I played the game. I'm like, uh, Jeff, you like it? And I know I'm under embargo, but I could see the twinkle in your eye disappear. Jeff, Jazzy Jeff, mm-hmm. I knew you weren't disappointed. You didn't say it, but I can read people, and I could read you behind that illustrious, illustrious hair, head and shoulders <laughs> sponsor. Not head and shoulders. That's just that he's got uh, dandruff. No, L'Oreal. That's it, L'Oreal. When, when I look L'Oreal at the game, I don't think, gosh, this won't run on an Xbox One or PS4. I don't think that when I look at it. So there must have been something they couldn't get right with their engine and and the whole process of porting to five or six consoles. But I don't know. Um, The one thing that we argued about when the game was releasing was, uh, I think through the delays, was whose fault was it? Was it the devs at C Project Red or was it their own in-house publishing team and management who said, hey, we've been paying this development studio to make this game, we want our money, and this is a problem we see a lot with game development. This chat, this really, 
this cyberpunk discussion really bleeds into the rest of the games and the delays that frustrate us or the early games that come out that come out broken uh that where it feels like the publishers guys they are the ones that call the shots they shelled out all that money they paid them every month salary or they pay them a lump sum and and it trickles down into the studio and they say okay you got five years to make a great game and Seed Project Red was taking six or whatever it was. And the publisher's like, look, quarter two, we want ROI. We want return on investment. Release the game. We've seen it. It looks great. We want to start getting money. We can't get paid till those store yeah. shelves are full and those digital store shelves are full of the game. And uh, we've seen it with Battlefield 2042. I almost said 2049. That would have been a good movie, right? Battlefield 2042 yeah. and Cyberpunk both came out early, broken, unfinished, and instead of the publishers getting all their money, guys, ASAP, they were getting less money. Well, Cyberpunk still sold great, right? But yeah. the the, the uh, expectations are not met because the game comes out in a... I mean, look at this footage now of me driving through the daytime. You know, there's three cars on the entire industrial block. But I don't want to talk about Cyberpunk much more than this, but... Uh, where you sit at it? You're, you're I start it over. You know, anime. Watch it, please. Watch it. It's not even like anime. Well, there are boobies in it, but <sighs> watch it. God. I know you'll be like, all right, chat. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I am super. Well, I'm 76 some years old. I've never watched <laughs> anime. I do, I don't think I've ever. I don't even know if I've ever really watched anime. So I have very little. Uh, starting point or reference point Ultra. for this stuff, but I did no watch culture. the first like ten seconds of Edge Runners, and I'm like, ah, it's just so different from what I'm used to watching. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll Listen, see. if you can sit there and play grounded, you can play and what just watch. I'll fight you for the on this. Um, I don't know. I have any strong feelings against grounded. I want to play that. I actually really want to play grounded. I played a very early access. Uh, but please, uh, I don't know. Maybe you, I don't want to force you to look. How can you haven't even watched Akira? What? You have no life. I don't even. You I know, have I don't even... no life. You haven't seen Samurai. Oh, not Samurai Champloo. That's a bit. What was it? What was I thinking about? Be quite Cabo Bebop. You haven't seen that. I mean, yeah. everyone thinks it's like anime. See, guys in party chat, these guys make fun of me. Like, oh, you just want anime, and they, all they think about is that's get there. No, but it's not yeah. like that. It's not beady eyed like all of that. There's some. Do you know how my, how my, how Matrix got an idea for Ghost in the Shell? Like, do you know how many movies, Western movies, copy anime? Dragon Ball Z chat. Yeah. Okay, Samurai Champloo is great. Let me say well. something because oh, we're not going to talk about anime for seven minutes. All right. Uh, I'm an illustrator. I'm a cartoonist. I've drawn for a long time. I've never been able to animate because I don't know how to do that. I don't have the equipment. Whatever. It's great. When I see anime, I'm like, holy crap. The drawings, the shading, the perspective, the camera angles they use is unbelievable. Just the intro to Edge Runners, um, and I've seen this. Uh, I guess the anime I have watched would be Transformers G One. That was that was basically anime. Uh, it was Japanese animated, and it's really highly uh, produced, especially the movie. But I have total respect for that. But I've grown up like even as a little kid. It's not like an old man thing. As a little kid, I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. So. But I will take it. It's a thing where you, when you were younger, my parents actually introduced me to anime. Unbeknownst to them, they didn't realize <laughs> this is quite, it could have gone all wrong. That's why I'm so messed up in yep. the head. As a kid, they, 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 because we were in Pakistan, you just get 
these VHS, you know, little kids won't even know what that VHS is, cassette tapes, and they got me Giver. Now, if people know what Giver is, it is violent. It is this, it's actually a lot like, kind of like cyberpunk, where you forsake your body for an alien specimen, though, and it was violent. And my parents, my mom came in once, and she's like, what the hell is that? I was like, Dad got it. It's amazing. Don't stop. And that's how I went into anime. Then you could hear them all. <laughs> she started beating them. Yeah. Um, but now no, we know why care. you turned out the no way sex, you did. Asian parents don't care. Asian parents don't care. Violence is fine. Just no sex scenes. Okay. Then okay. you're good. Um, is what Asian parents like. Are your parents like that? Were your parents like that? What do you mean? Were they more open to violence? Oh, no, 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 no. When I grew up, I missed every 80s and 90s R-rated movie. My parents were like, no, it's R-rated. So they would bring home PG-13 and PG movies, and uh, that's just how I grew up. And then when I got old enough to start watching R-rated movies, I wasn't going to go back and watch Cobra. And I've never seen Predator. It's, uh, sorry, but... I went back. You, wait, and wait, wait, some wait. Of them. You still? Ha- oh, you have seen Predator now. There's, there's a couple now. of, there's a couple of big. This, this is not the show, but there's a couple of big R-rated movies in the '80s and '90s that I've missed, but I've caught, went back and caught up on most of them. But uh, speaking okay. of R-rated movies, did you hear that? Uh, this is such a, a change of subject. Did you guys hear that Disney wants to put out a new Star Wars-related video game every six months going forward? I almost made a video on this. Almost made a video on this, but because I'm not a Star Wars nerd like Safe, and I'm trying to get Safe to make the video on this, but his reaction was very negative. Before I talk, because you might be thinking, who the f- this guy keeps talking about anime and movies and shit? Oh, sorry, bad word. Um, oh, sorry. Well, what do you <laughs> think about this course? <laughs> what you're asking me? What I think about the Disney thing? Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk on my show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I freaking love doing the show with you, man. It's so fun. Um, so, do I. so my very first instinct, and I, I want to see what the chat reacts to this, but so I'm like, I'm like, Disney, are you sure? Cause you're making like nine star Wars TV shows on Disney plus at once. Mm-hmm. You're you, there's already a lot of Disney or Disney. There's always a lot, already a lot of star Wars shows games in the works we got jedi survivor is it fall survivor yeah. we've got jedi. uh i was talking to randall thor today and he was like rattling them off and i'm like i couldn't even remember all of these star wars really oh you got kotor you've got some other star wars game that's smaller i can't remember that's being that's in the works and uh i already feel like movie wise with the uh the six features they made and then um all these tv shows i'm like are we getting over Star Wars, Gaz? That's where I'm feeling. I want to hear your take on it. Look, chat, you can come at me for all you want, but I am an observer who liked Star Wars. There was this moment, my uncle, I haven't seen in years now, when the episode one, uh, you know, the new ones, but the older ones, episode one, when it, Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, the little kid, pod racer, that little weird thing, and Jar Jar blinks mm-hmm. that one. That was a moment for me, but and I loved all the older originals, and they were great, but let's be real. Star Wars is embarrassing compared to its legacy. If you think Halo Infinite was bad, that Star Wars equivalence is quite bad. Like These movies, I just watched them. I genuinely watched them like not through Star Wars nerddom, because I've 
lack of knowledge. But mm-hmm. I'm just like, he's a terrible Mandalorian was good. Mandalorian, yeah. oh, I was yeah. really hooked on. Really hooked uh, on. I thought a Didn't lot of or most of B- Book of Boba Fett was pretty good. Um, I didn't but, watch that. I had very mixed things about Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, I mean, it ended amazing because Mandalorian, but uh, I, I think they're yeah. doing a good job with this stuff, but where nah, is the I love Star Wars for- fans hate it. Star Wars fans are really like, you're destroying the legacy. Am I right, chat, or am I wrong? Like, I may be wrong, but you know, like, it's it's a shadow of its former self like even the pod racing even with jar jar blinks that was still blinks. better than all the jar jar binks or blinks whoever his name was oh i would I love to take the uh, prequels and edit them down to one movie because there's so much fluff in uh phantom menace and then half of mm. uh the attack of the clones i i really like half of that movie but I don't know. I like the last uh, as far as one, video games, yeah, like, off- where's the love for Lord of the Rings, guys? Like, why isn't Lord of the Rings getting, like, extra treatment in video games? We don't even really get much of that anymore. Well, uh, you the- might get a lot more of that now that that IP has been bought by the Embracer Group, if I'm correct. Yes. They bought, yeah. And you expect them to get their money's worth because they get a whole lot, not just movies, uh, not just games, but movies and some other stuff. So you will see a lot more Lord of the Rings. Um, it'll take time, but that's where the cash cow is. So expect to see very similar kind of thing, by the yeah. way, with the, the Disney thing. The problem is, like, oversaturation of these things is not going to deliver on quality. We've seen this time and time again. Microsoft being as bold as they are, making the right step with Call of Duty, said, buy annual releases of Call of Duty or whatever. We're not going to make it. Un-. Why? Because they want to ensure the quality of this IP. They're the best it gets. Star Wars and Disney, what they seem to be doing is just like shotgun approach, blast everything. Like, let's get all multitude TV shows. There's a wide, expansive universe. Great. But the quality hasn't been consistent. So expect the same thing with the games. You're going to get, yeah. I imagine, mostly passable games and a couple of gems. And like Amy Henning's, what? Amy Henning? Amy yeah, Henning? Yeah, Henning? Yeah, Henning? Yeah. Well, you know, few people will will really take the IP seriously with the respect it deserves. You'll see a couple of those games really good out. I mean, I like to be positive, but I like to be a little bit realistic. Chat, surely you agree with me that Star Wars generally, all these IPs, when you see these things, are you like, yes, six amazing Star Wars games? Or are you thinking, let's see which one's bang? Which one hit? Yeah, two, two per year. Uh, my immediate thought after the, uh, are you milking the franchise is, are, uh, one of those will be small, like really small. Like maybe one will be mobile and the next one will be medium or large mm-hmm. size. And then I just kind of leave it at that because we really can't really read into it more than that other than give our opinion on whether we think that's going to be trash or not. But right. uh, you did bring up Tencent. And recently we found out that Sean Layden, who really spoke up wow. about consolidation, about consolidation in the industry and how bad it is. And I have two sides to this rapport here, but uh, Sean Layden says that, you know, consolidation is bad for the industry. And then he leaves or is kind of pushed out of PlayStation. And now he's working for Tencent, who is the consolidation masters. So the enemy, uh, <laughs> well, the Western enemy anyway. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm kind of this or that with this thing, guys. But uh, yeah, Phil Spencer's like, hey, congratulations, Sean. Can't wait to see what you guys make. 
I was quite surprised by that. Well, not surprised. Phil Spencer's a lovely, classy man. Uh, of course, Sean Layden. I haven't met sure of Phil. Just, just my impression of the person is very nice, based on whatever caricature he plays on camera. No, you can tell, man. The guy's lovely. He never swears. Never trust a guy who never swears. Um, but <laughs> he seems really nice. Um, and Sean Layden is also a character. Like he seems. L- really nice yeah like them both and, yeah yeah and i did a quick article summarizing this thing on game on daily and what i said was um uh, was that i was surprised that sean Layden has taken this job because one he's publicly very like in his twitter feed he's very humanitarian he's very outspoken on key issues how you reconcile that with 10 cent that is the primarily in bed arguably con- the contentious the this is the argument with the ccp with the chinese communist party and the government they have helped them they and the, a lot of people see tencent as an arm of the chinese government and you know how china operates look at the, what they're doing with the uyghurs and stuff i won't make it a political podcast but this is the west so again objectively like are we just being fed propaganda is it real who knows but you have to think about these things. So how do you reconcile? Sean must, in his mind, constantly think about this, his role, responsibility, whether or not this is bad. But the second point, the less political point, is this point on consolidation. I'll I'll say this. I like Sean. I really like Sean. But he's a pony. He is a pony. And if anyone can be a pony, it is Sean. By pony, I mean PlayStation fanboy, because, of course, he bled it. Like Aaron Greenberg. He's at next bot. Sean Layden is fine. But Sean, Sean Layden obviously did a lot. Uh, he was he was he was big. He was ex former president and CEO of SIEA. And mm-hmm. um, he said this, and I quote: ah, "I don't know. I had a brain freeze there. Uh, during the time, we have also seen more consolidation. Consolidation." is the enemy of diversity in some ways. It takes a lot of playing pieces off the table as they grow into larger conglomerates. And again, we end up with this problem with diversity. Can that be applied to Tencent, which has so many pieces of the pie that it has taken for itself, except it's multiplayer. So maybe there's argument there. There's wiggle room there. But consolidation and Tencent those two words go like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's weird. And then he, this other thing, it sounds so, I don't know if it's just marketing speak, but it sounds like he's like some big moves. Like he's saying, we are at an epoch defining, defining moment in gaming and interactive entertainment. There are many possible roads, but only a few are as profound, broadening, inclusive, edifying and inspiring or sustainable. All of this sometimes seems like are you do you know you're working for Tencent, yeah? But at the same time, I, I have a different I have a different angle on this. Um, when he says, <laughs> "Oh, by the way, I, I should say there will, there will be a couple spots here where where Gaz and I'll kind of play uh, the good cop bad cop." Um, I didn't, not I didn't pre-plan this, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not by any uh, admission of Gaz's, you know, uh, against his will sometimes. But as far as when I think about Tencent all the stuff that you said before, we have to remember that when Tencent buys a studio, their games come to everybody. They don't have a platform where you can't play their game other other places. So if they buy a Lord of the Rings IP 
and they want to make a Lord of the Rings game, you can sit back as an Xbox fan or a PlayStation fan and say, I hope the game's great because I'm going to play it on my console because it'll be there. It'll be on mobile, it'll be on console, or whatever the game is. Um, It's different than if Xbox buys the Lord of the Rings IP, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute. In fact, before we do, let me give you guys a heads up because we started by talking about anime and cyberpunk, and I want to give you an idea of what we're talking about today. As you stick, thanks for being here. Over 500 people here. Um, we're going to talk about E3, the announcement for E3 coming up, and where that what that means for Xbox. We're going to talk about two of their new exclusives, um, another rumored one that's coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about what Satya said last week, but not for super long. And we're going to talk about Phil looking at franchises, which kind of folds into what we're talking about now. And um, so we'll get into that in just a moment. But this Tencent thing uh, with Sean Layden means that these games will be for everyone. I don't know. It sounds kind of weird when I say it that way, right, guys? But they're not they're yeah. not building a console that we know of where they're just going to take all these IPs and franchises. Like, they, they bought the Square Enix Western Studios, right? Like, Tomb Raider and Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't think there's going to be a, a TV top box where they're going to hide games from everybody else. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think there's also value in hardware. And yes, met the metaverse push means a lot more than just base hardware. But Tencent could is a giant, is a behemoth. One of these guys will step into the hardware space. And one of those people will buy Sony eventually. I am sure of it. And they will run autonomously and Sony will, mm-hmm. PlayStation will have the bankroll of billions finally through ownership but i don't know what i can't say Tencent. Oh, the question of Tencent is what's the long-term plan why, 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 why do i do i have i have one super lame uh i don't know if i can use that word i have one weird uh conspiracy of what this is maybe they hired sean Layden, and because phil kind of piped up excited to see what you're going to do maybe sean Layden's job is to help build and cultivate this greater worldwide thing that will become the metaverse. And maybe okay. we don't know what that is exactly, but maybe the big conglomerates oh. in the games industry have an idea. You know, maybe Sean's job is to help build a massive game like you would see in Fortnite, where it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's on any platform you want to play a game. And everyone comes in and they're all working together to play in a big world. And we talked about how amazing would it be where you go into a game and you can buy things. Uh, to make yourself look just how you want, whether tied to another franchise, like I want to be a Marvel this or a Star Wars that, or I want to look like uh, John Wick in the in my game, or I want my character to look just like me, and you pay for these things, and you're in this world, and you do things in this world, like you go to an area where Battle Royale is, you go to an area where there's PvP or PvE, or you go to a world where you go in and co-op quests, and this world just all interconnected, like... Take what you did in WoW in the early 2000s and explode it into like a genre blending thing, which could be metaverse. Who knows? But we don't know what the future holds, one, but yeah, maybe chat. that's yeah. like Ready Player One. And we're not that far off from where you go into a game, you're, you're you, your online you, and you flaunt it. You dance and you go, I like to wiggle, wiggle, or whatever it is, right? Maybe we do that it could be. We spend money, actual money, to literally 
sing Cream on Fortnite, which is weird. And like, that game really only that? does one or two things. But even that like gives you just a little window into the next big thing. Let's talk about the next big event. And everyone said E3 was dead, guys. They swore it. They were like PlayStation backed out. So E3's done and over with. The E3, uh, the Expo team, I forgot what they're called. The, the, the conglomerate said, we're back. They have dates. Let me read them to you guys. And then we're going to talk about E3. That says, quote, E3 2023 runs from June 13th through June 16th with, quote, partner digital events and showcases kicking off on June 11th. June 11th would be Sunday, which always and will be the Xbox showcase Sunday morning on June 11th. Then they have two days following that on the 12th and 13th for industry people like gas uh, for media people to go in and see the stuff without those smelly armpits and all that stuff and all the, all the people dressed up like Pokemon and whatnot and so forth. <laughs> and, uh, and then the 15th and 16th, which would be Wednesday and Thursday is open to everyone at the convention center. Uh, so y- you can bet that Nintendo will have their big wing that they, that they cover all their stuff with invite only access and all the other stuff. And, uh, all the other publishers will have all their different booths and probably not PlayStation. So Gaz, uh, what, what, you heard this news uh, this morning for you or whatever it was. Yeah, what do you think? I was very happy. Very happy. Very happy. I was just like, <sighs> yes, we kind of knew, well, we knew it was coming back, but this is like, the statement is clear. It's obvious. We've got fixed dates. I can finally plan, finally planned it. Do I get to finally meet you, Cole Eastwood? Can you imagine the world would not be the same? Just tell your wife, listen, for this week, I am Gaz's. I'm sorry. <laughs> and week, we're going to get that. <laughs> we are now, we are, we are a common law husbands or something. Yeah, it'll be amazing. <laughs> hey, let me read a couple supers before we talk a little bit about uh, about that E3 thing. We got VMacMan, welcome to Early Access, uh, channel member with the Joanna Dark icon welcome keep an eye out for the channel membership tab the community tab where i'll post videos when i make them newsman newsman kind of like to make a big video it's been kind of iffy there and like i keep saying guys there's been too many pieces of bad news folded in with the small news but anyway uh cody houghton thank you for the canadian seven dollar i hope i hope i said that right houghton is probably what it is h-o-u-g-h-t-o-n says Xbox should buy Square and make Final Fantasy exclusive and make Call of Duty exclusive once next gen starts. <laughs> um, that I, I want to talk about that as well. Uh, that folds into Satya saying, let us, let us compete. Red Wolf, thank you so much for the $2 super. Been playing games with Red Wolf uh, on the weekends. He says Cyberpunk 2077 should have had more third person elements. Or as a lot of other people in the chat have said, would a third-person mode have helped this game, guys? Cyberpunk. I think so. I was actually on the on the when this was a topical thing when CD Projekt Red were making, it, and they said we don't want to make a first person, a third person. I said, good, don't make it third. If you don't want to make it third, don't make it third. Because you have an artistic vision as a developer. Like, let not just be at the behest of fans who keep crying for things. But at the same time. In this game, the I mean, I don't see why a third person thing would hurt. You do go third person. I was actually disappointed when you go on the bike or car, like it's running here, that it goes third person. I'm like, stick to one thing. So what the moment this happened and this was third person, I'm like, right, well, 
you should have just had third person. Then you can actually see your character and see the gear that you put on, and you have so much customization. Why wouldn't you have it then? So look, yeah, I get, everyone I looked like my... a rodeo clown in the game. The clothes were ridiculous. I played <laughs> as female yeah, V, which was really good because oh, yeah. Fawns picked the male V, and he's like, the clothes are ridiculous. And because you were so colorful, if you dressed up as a male, you had to look like a circus, like a like a rodeo clown, like with oh, running no, around and make sense, yeah. <laughs> colorful clothes. That and that's weird. Some of the goofiest clothes had the stats you needed, uh, but whatever. I don't know. I think third person would have helped, but I also saw the mod on PC and it looked uh, laughable. Uh, Red Wolf sends a dollar forty nine sticker. Thank you, Red Wolf, and it's a unicorn pony. Just love it. Just a little, <laughs> just love it. I'll stick it. Love it. Uh, risking for the biscuit with the Australian three dollars says, could they be building a console? Tencent says Tencent building a console. He says, is it possible? Yes, it is really. Possible. You think it is? Nothing. I think it's of course, man. But these are big players in the space. If they feel like there's a niche there or momentum behind some of their IPs, and they've got a multitude of studios, or they could leverage their position with hardware then why would they... You can never say no. It makes sense. Like, if I were Tencent sat there, I'm like, all right, what is this hardware going to do? What's the entry point? What's the entry price? We see the Logitech G Cloud or wherever the hell that is. That costs $350 and it's cloud only. At that price point, you're like, mm, if they that went to production and whatever, then why can't Tencent produce something Possibly cheaper, possibly a Steam Deck uh, competitor. Well, that sounds I mean, weird. they can afford but, the R and D and to take you know a five dollar hit per unit on a console like Sony and Microsoft are. Well, Sony's price like their console, so they don't have to. But uh, t- I guess Tencent yeah. could do it. But to think, um, I think we talked about this last can. week. When you look into the future, they'll need three years at least uh, if they're just starting to design a console and to release a console what could really be their last their first and their last you never know you never know if uh it's something to do and the teams at xbox and playstation have had 20 to 25 years to dive into what it takes to get a pcb board and a form factor that makes a console that you know and and some things don't work right Risk it says the Logitech is a collaboration with Tencent. Too. I didn't know that. Really? Let's that's one of my items. Let's talk about the Logitech because um, I did a video about two months ago saying there's no way, uh, according to Xbox hardware lead Jason Ronald, that the Series S could be crammed into a handheld with the screen. It, it would be the size of a tissue box. And he said it's not possible. And for them to build another form factor less powerful than the Series S in order to get it in a handheld size would it's just not the right thing to do but the steam deck is well yeah. gaz what is the steam deck specs compared to a series s or x like look, do you know? I, i'm not i don't know but i've got it i need to return mine because mine's buggy the on button doesn't work great um but it's uh, not I'm, i don't know what the point of comparison i actually don't really know but the steam deck's Spec, I haven't looked into it. Never it thought about runs it. Runs beautifully. Sixty frames on even older games like Max Payne. My brother was running. What was he playing? Huge. Oh man, there's two uh, generations what? ago. But I know people have played uh, current games and slightly older games. Uh, like I talked to Zachary, really he has well. one, and he says you said it at well, he's sub one tomorrow. He's hmm? getting his tomorrow. Um, oh, okay. Zoka's getting his tomorrow, but it's it's. 
It's a very impressive machine that plays games locally. My brother has hacked his one to run Windows on his emulation everywhere. This is just like for the little bit, $50 more, whatever, you can get a Steam Deck. It's like for me, I don't know. But then there's value for that for people for the Game Pass Ultimate family guys that only care about Steam's. You know, I'm going to pull the audience here. And for those of you who are listening to the Ecstasy Podcast on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, I'm putting a poll in the live chat that will say the following. So you can follow along and just put a little vote, like tap it on your forehead while you're listening. But I'm going to say audience, uh, and we've got over 660 people watching. Hit the like button if you're having a good time. There's 212 likes. I think we've had enough people come by here that are like, eh, this show's okay. We're, you know, these guys are all right. Um, <laughs> I'm asking to poll, would you buy a Logitech? I'm just going to call it the Logitech so I can get this written faster. The Logitech handheld, a Steam Deck, uh, and then the third option would be uh, neither because there are people who are like like me. Uh, I'm not tempted to buy these because I just don't think I would play on the go, but I did use my phone with the Razer Kishi when I was at the beach during some downtime, and I was like, that was actually kind of fun. So I'm going to hit the thing, ask you the community now, would you rather get the $300, right now it's $300, $300 Logitech that only plays xCloud through the cloud on your Wi-Fi or internet connection, or a Steam Deck, which doesn't have your Xbox games in it unless you work around and kind of modify the uh, OS to allow you to console stream. You can't take all the games you own on Xbox for this audience, right? Like if you bought uh, R- Phoenix Rising uh, on Xbox, you can't get that on your Steam Deck unless you uh, go buy uh, the game on PC, I suppose. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. with Ubisoft, whatever, whatever. Just want to know. Gaz, what are you thinking? Because you, you like the Steam Deck. What are your thoughts on the Logitech? People think Xbox needs a handheld. I just think... I can see the utility in in a handheld for Xbox. A cloud-based thing, I think the tech isn't there yet unless you're playing at home with Wi-Fi. The real, like, and I really want Project X Cloud to succeed because when I did play and I completed Crackdown purely cloud, purely mobile, but it wasn't perfect by any means. But when it did work with I had a Razer, not Kishi, the Jungle Cat, the early one, it was quite expensive for what it was. And, um... I felt the magic of it. I really truly believe, truly believe in that. I think the Logitech handheld will make sense more and more in the future. A few more years, maybe five years. I want Microsoft to push, make strides in their cloud tech because Google's um, Stadia was really impressive, man. Like, re- like it, it was way better in its tech than xCloud in terms of latency. I played Cyberpunk on on the stadia and it felt near native whereas there was no comparison with xcloud obviously things may have changed i haven't checked xcloud for a while Mm -hmm. but it's yeah you know i do believe in that i'm not dismissive because oh it's this cloud no there's 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 a utility there they're looking to the future and i do believe in xcloud god forbid we have any kind of calamity because the 
international world is a mess right now. Any wars could set us back in tech or EMP. Nuke goes off and you go back to no internet. (laughs) Hey, man, these things could happen. Um, And I say that in 666, that's the devil's number. Watching us, I was gone down. Uh, But yeah, sorry, ADHD. (laughs) Two people with ADHD. You thought this was a good idea. Welcome. Yeah, I don't know. What was I thinking, right? What was I thinking? Yeah, no. Um, But yeah, no, honestly, I think it's a cool, cool thing, but I'm not buying it. And I know yeah, you it's, I think it's a shifty discussion to talk about the handheld because I know the Xbox fans want one, but you have to imagine that it would be a sub 720p 60 FPS uh, machine. But I mean, the screen's small, so it would still look nice. But um, yeah, the, I don't know. There's as many games now as we play on 55 or 70 inch TVs where you get that down to a small screen and now it's like you just have to work too hard to play the game that that comfort uh that you need for control kind of gets compromised but i don't that's know that's a good point um, yeah that's a good point on the comfort and controllers cuz all of them including nintendo switch and steam deck ultimately hurt my brittle hands i have women hands but women like it women like it they're soft they're so well, soft and supple yeah calluses i go to the gym but yeah you're right um, so Happy Bomb wrote uh, in the ch- chat. She asked Biggie Butters, "You don't like the Switch?" And I was just playing the Switch. I, I we've had one in the house for two, three years, and I just never play on it. All right, I'm going to sit down. We're having a lazy Saturday, and I loaded it up, and I'm like, oh, "These thumbsticks are so far out here on this thing, and they're so small." And I'm like, "I don't." And then the buttons are switched, and then the games. I'm like, "I don't know if this is a because." Well, I'll, I'll full disclosure. I put in a, I set a pre-order up for the Logitech uh, handheld for two ninety nine, knowing that I'm probably. I mean, I'm very sure I'm going to just cancel the pre-order. I have like a month to figure it out, but I'm pretty sure I don't want it. Um, and then I, so I was playing on the Switch as I think about canceling this thing, and I'm like, I don't know if I. I just don't think this is my type of way to play games. And it's not a knock on the games, the Switch, just that feeling. I would just want to dock it. I just want to dock it because when my kids play and dock it on the TV, I sit back and I go, ah, ah, there you go, sitting back with the controller. But um, the Steam Deck is really good, man. The size is chunky, it's weighty, feels like what an Xbox handout should be. So if that's where you're off, but then yeah, library of games, you gotta hack it. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good machine. I, I, yeah, a, I do. I have a, I have some seventy-five games on Steam, and I've played most of them all the way through. So, would I be tempted to buy more multiplats on there for the mobility? No, probably not. And who cares? Who cares what my opinion is on on a handheld? But um, now that I see the Deathloop gameplay up, I have to talk about this game that Xbox had fans had to wait for their exclusives because PlayStation bought them all up. But Deathloop <laughs> is here, and guess what? We get. The definitive version, we get the full version uh, on Game Pass, or if you buy it outright, it's not a $70 game. It's uh, won and nominated for many awards. It also runs markedly better on the Xbox Series X over the PS5, as it should. The hardware is more powerful. Mm. Gaz, there is a total controversy that we have to talk about right now. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. And uh, I mean, I've got it in my schedule, now. but we're going to talk about a controversy about controversy. aluminium. <laughs> Al- aluminium. Yes. What do you guys say? Aluminium. Oh my! F- <sighs> <sighs> it's going to oh, be one of those Americans. shows, people, where we're going to go. 
That's not all. It's just from shout out to the chat. Things. We've got we've got Canadian, Australian, uh, British uh, people from all over. So I get to learn. Tell us which country you're from in chat, by the way. If it's not one of American Canadian, if it's not been said before, let us know in chat. I really want to yeah. know. I would love to see where that people well. come to see that. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah. Weird. Also, this show runs uh, in the early afternoon or early or late morning in Australia, and then for you, it's one in the one yeah. something in the morning. I in your DMs, guys, I put the actual typed out quote of this thing because here here it is. People have been arguing about this, and we've given this a lot of thought, but. PlayStation had exclusive marketing rights and exclusive release rights for Deathloop on the PlayStation 4 and 5 for one full year from a studio that Xbox had just purchased. And when the game was analyzed by Digital Foundry, who goes in and zooms in and counts pixels, checks the frame rate performance across Series S and X and PS5, the answer in the end was that the game runs at the same resolution on the PS5 as it does on the Series X. But the frame rate performance uh, as you play through the game is better on the Series X. And everyone is ready to call foul that PlayStation is is dirty and greasy and paying their partners to hold back the game on the Xbox Series X. Now, I'm not going to definitively say that I believe this or not, but I am sitting in a situation right now where I'm starting to wonder how developers feel or think they can get away with under the scrutiny and iron fist of the playstation and sony yeah yeah you think you could do that and get away from it like you didn't push that tweet i am here to on your chest you believe it I deleted the, I deleted the tweet because Why? it was very Why? acerbic. I said they're I'm tired of the greasy uh, business practices where they're buying up exclusivity of third party games. They're holding timed exclusives for an un, undetermined amount. They are paying for technical parity to keep games at the same resolution. We're going to dive into this because we've seen it time and again, and we were talking to your co-host Asa about it, who was firmly set in his ways for me this morning. And things started to change. <laughs> Gaz, where, what's going on with this? Do you want to start by reading the actual legalese that was in a document uh, and tell people where it came from, kind of set this up? Look, this is what it's happened. And there's a lot of nuance to this topic, whether you believe it or not. It's up to you. PlayStation's parity clause that Colt Eastwood decided to launch a war on Twitter by saying that they're so greasy. How dare they hold it back? There's more to, well, we'll talk about it. But PlayStation's technical parity, there is a clause, clause 1.4 of their publisher agreement, which says during the term and for seven years thereafter, publisher publisher's defined term, will ensure each version of the game is available on PlayStation platforms, maintains content, feature, and technical parity brackets subject to material platform limitations, close brackets, with any equivalent game version of all DLC on any competitive platform. And they won't release it, uh, blah, 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 blah. But that's the, that's the line. That it will be technical parity, but the brackets subject to material platform limitations. What does that mean? Does that read like, hey, Xbox cannot, do we need to have the same res? You need to be the same. 
Does that put pressure on developers and publishers? Really? That's really? That's certainly I... what a lot of people have read into it. And then, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to go to this. But Z Huge, who is a analyst in the gaming industry, and he reports and on leaks and news. and Right? What's that? He's a pony. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. So Z Huge said, me. "I want to set the record straight for this technical parody legalese because you guys all have it wrong." He said, um, "He blocked me like a few years ago, and I talked to somebody, and they said he, he just goes it. and blocks anybody who has like an allegiance with a console." Sure, but fine. I, you know what? My stance is: if you block, good for you. I, I really mean it. But anyway, Z Huge said. You guys are reading in this too. He's not talking about me. He said to a lot of people who are talking about this. He said, the technical parody doesn't say that the version can be any better or any worse. And he's like, ha ha, I got you. And I'm like, you just literally explained that, you know, PlayStation can't say make the game better on the PS5. And they can't say make it worse on the Xbox. Sure, we know that. But what he didn't say is they're not... How do I say that without being confusing? He says, they can't make it any better or any worse. I'm like, that's the argument we're literally talking about that they're saying it has to be on par. And we just heard X, uh, we just heard Sony say to the regulators, we want things on fair and equal terms when they're regarding to uh, Call of Duty for exclusivity rights while they're paying for early access and extra content on their platform. Sony doesn't want fair and equal terms, guys. Sony wants... Xbox to be fair and equal with them so they can have their cake and eat it too. So let's talk about the technical parity because people say it means you can't have features like uh, dual sense or rumble triggers on the Xbox that aren't there or uh, connect voice commands within the game that wouldn't play over on the PlayStation. But that stuff's already written out in the legalese as you wrote. And then it goes and says technical parity, which my argument, Gaz... Not mm-hmm. taking a totally definitive statement, but you know I'm very much... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's leaning towards PlayStation's the bad guy here. Imagine you're Arcane Leon and you're working on this game and you get ready to set your targets. You okay, okay, we're making the port for PlayStation. We we'll also got to work on the one for Xbox because it's coming in one year. And they said, well, we got that that thing that says about technical parity and making everything the same so uh why don't we just hit 1800p target on both of them that way we're in the clear we can't get, come back and get it the contract can't bite us in the rear end and they say yeah let's just just make it the same resolution because we've seen the same thing with capcom i think we saw the same thing with remedy where the game launched at the same resolution and frame rate target with the same settings with lighting and shadows on the series x and ps5 when the ps5 is more powerful yeah so look i i get where you're coming from and i will say this these things are governed by relationships that you have these are you 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 have a strict interpretation of these wordings you'll get the narrative that suits you 
It's like religion. You like you'll have one clause that's definitive, but people's interpretation will will change. Like this clause right. already talks about material. What constitutes a material limitation? You know, that's still arguable, but that happens all the time in law. I deal with it all the time, and I'm wrestling back and forth on interpretations on the lease, like uh, subject to a material breach, my client can terminate the lease. What constitutes a material breach? Is there like you know jurisprudence on it? Blah blah blah. But the main thing is people need to understand, and this isn't being look. This is common sense. Like the ponies can come at me, or anyone can, but just. Just think about this in earnest with sincerity. Market leader with PlayStation. It's important to maintain those relationships. Sony are known for being a Rottweiler as well. Look at Sony's attitudes to even reviewers. They will de de deprive your review codes for games because if they've had it. History. GameSpot. Remember the whole fiasco? Deprived. You review our game badly. We won't see us. They've checked our quality with their sm a smaller channel referred out grand game aggregation platform. And they said, okay, let's look at your YouTube content. So our YouTube content said, oh, sorry, in this time, because admittedly, a lot of my content is shitting up. I'm oh, sorry, uh, pooing on PlayStation sometimes. Sorry, my bad. Apologies, uh, chat. Um, and then, so they said, look, we can't, we can't give you this code for whatever horizon or whatever at the time. I'm like, all right, I don't care. Um, didn't end up doing the review anyway, but it's, it's based on relationships. It's based on it. If you're market leader and it's ease of use, you're obviously going to veer towards the path of least resistance. You're going to make it. It's like, all right, the attitude of, well, we might as well make it uniform and at the same time make PlayStation happy. Is that naturally, is that Sony's fault? Perhaps are they holding sure, things yeah. back? I see where you come from. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, it's you have to resign to the reality of things, as horrible as it sounds, but it's not as an ominous PlayStation, as far as I'm aware. Their tentacles spreading around these developers and publishers and saying, yo, what's that? Is that 4K? Is that native res on Xbox? You... I'm going to beat you. No, like, it's not like that. Yeah, uh, I, or at least I hope it's not like that. I don't think it's like that. Um, and though history's shown that Rockstar, they had a publishing, they had a marketing agreement with PlayStation. Why yes, is there? Um, there are good exceptions uh, that that kill like this idea that I've got a solid argument, right? Like Red Dead Redemption Two, like you said, uh, ran at nearly double the resolution that the PS4 did. It was it was really big, but Ace yeah. Combat, Resident Evil, um, like I said, uh, Remedy's Control. Uh, Arl Stein said I accidentally in my rant at one point I said the PS5 is more powerful <laughs> no I'm just kidding <laughs> but I, I, I misspoke obviously but um, I, I don't really believe this and it's one of those things that I, I want to I want to hear more as the jury's out on it but I do think it's interesting to kind of get up in arms a little bit and wonder like is this yet another thing that PlayStation does because they don't want competition guys they want their competition out of the way like Yes, it's do. one thing they to fight, you know, like, hey, we've got the better product and we, hey, we want to bring customers to us because we're the best. And businesses should try to squash their competition. But PlayStation is really, really good at making the world think their other competition doesn't exist. And they do a very yeah. good job of uh, that in their marketing. Um, and that's where Xbox, wants Xbox is. PlayStation to die. PlayStation wants Xbox to yes. die. That's, let's be real. They want Xbox to die. Especially now. Yeah. Especially yeah. now, because when I say that PlayStation wants to be the 
product in the mind or the go-to place for for gaming fans like oh it's PlayStation right that that's the place to play all these massive games that are made by by the biggest studios right uh, I leave Nintendo out of it because you're talking about Ubisoft, Activision, EA, like uh, all the big games, uh, Callisto Protocol, like the big things you're looking forward to. Uh, they want you to forget that Xbox exists. Um, and they do. Now, and they're, they're, now PlayStation knows what it's like, guys, because Game Pass will become mm-hmm. the de facto place to play and buy your games a la carte, right? So you get in a situation where PlayStation now feels like our console was the place to be, but Xbox has created this a la carte pay 10 or 20 bucks a month and get everything and anything. Um, and I say 20 bucks to yeah. cover like ultimate and all that stuff, whatever it's, yeah, it's absolutely. a real threat for PlayStation. Um, yeah, it is. It is. And ultimately the Microsoft is all about making disrupting that with Japan Sony's worried. Like they're just going attacking them in their home base with building relationships to f- this is how it happens. The whole Zenimax thing happened because of relationships with these studios. This is how COD even happened because they had a uh, intrinsic relationship. Game Pass comes in and disrupts the whole industry. Sony has every reason to be worried. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that means like everything. Technically, the console is starting. You know, we ever made fun of the tools. That's starting to show, but obviously we still need to see the next gen multi-plats. Let's see. But yeah, it's obvious. Like the writing was on the wall. The games, value, but customer service. If you say consumer friendly and PlayStation in the same sentence, you you laugh at them. It was just such a massive U-turn. Because it was all for the players last gen. Now you laugh at them. But the yeah, the media and the gaming fans are well aware of the tide that has turned where PlayStation was a big juggernaut and they've uh, they've done a lot of bragging and it's not yeah. it hasn't done them a lot of favors. One of the things that I've noticed a lot of people are saying now is Xbox fans are they've been waiting forever for games. And in twenty twenty three there's gonna be like five big triple A's on Xbox. Finally. Um, hopefully PlayStation has five games total. Like that's all they projected out is two Square Enix games that they don't own. Hmm. Uh, they've got Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. They've got Forspoken. Got a War Ragnarok. It's going to be amazing. And then they've got Spider-Man and Wolverine. And then Last of Us Factions, which they promised in 2019. It's been held out. So we've got a lot to look forward to. PlayStation fans have a lot to look forward to. But they kind of look and they're like, well, Xbox has like 30 games in the works. We don't know what well, PlayStation is out. This year has been a bit of a dead year for well, a bit of a dead year. For, I think it's really dead. The only thing is, on paper, PlayStation has had an incredible year, but Horizon Forbidden West did it make the impact even amongst the PlayStation camp? I feel like mm, Gran Turismo again. That's like mm, that's not Forza's yeah. coming, and Forza's yeah. gonna. I mean. Not even PlayStation was bragging about the numbers on that one. Um, I mean, Grounded's about to come out, which we'll talk about way at the end of the show, but that's already got more players than uh, Gran Turismo did, I think. It's got 10 million players. Yeah, 10 million players over. But it's been out for many years. But, I mean, when the game launched, the first... We'll talk about that in a bit. But when Grounded launched, it was not much of anything, really. And it's it's really grown. In fact, tomorrow... uh, Right now it is, you know, six o'clock in the evening. 
tomorrow in like uh, 18 hours or something, I am interviewing one of the heads of Obsidian to talk about Grounded and the future of it. And I'll pre-record that, hopefully fold it into a video. Wow. So I'm really happy to do that. But um, nice. let's, let's talk. It. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. There's a couple surprises with this uh, with person. I can't wait to meet him. But uh, Yoshida, Sheyu Yoshida said, was it him? Oh, my gosh. That's what I wrote in my notes. Said that well, PlayStation Premium oh, yeah. is not the place. I'm going to paraphrase him because I didn't grab the quote. But he said this a couple days ago that PlayStation Premium, their Another. service, is not the place to debut new games. It's to revitalize old games, and that Stray the Cat game that was in yeah you know, that was an anomaly or that was an exception. Um, yeah, as for yeah, it's, it's basically new games. It's, it's for old games. PlayStation like Plus is for old games. Mm-hmm. That's just you holding a white flag there, just that we've given up on uh, surrender. It's it's time. It's time for me to become Cold Eastwood, the financial analyst. (laughs) Here we go. Well, here we go. (laughs) Like that, right? Um, Gaz, can I start this off like really super messy? It's your show. (laughs) Do whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, I've said these numbers kind of before, but here's the thing. I think that... Yoshida said this because I feel like I'm doing one of those segments they do on TV where they where they zoom in and Frost says the, the, that you're all trash and then they shut down the studio. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think that Please Yoshida don't said do this. Frost did. Please don't do a Frost. <laughs> I think that PlayStation is admitting that their fans are not going to follow through. When he says we can't put our games day and date on the service, because that's not what it's meant for. I think he is saying, without saying, I'm going to lean in on this one, guys. The PlayStation fans are not going to subscribe in enough force to make it viable for them. He is saying to the PlayStation fans, you're not, you don't buy enough, you don't pay enough on our platform. Because as the PlayStation guys will tell you, guys, they can't afford to put their games on a dollar service or a $10 service because they're too expensive. But Sony already pays for that development of those games. Now, here we go. You're going to have to guide me a little bit, Gaz, here. But if Jim Ryan came out tomorrow and said, all of our fantastic PlayStation exclusives like The Last of Us <laughs> Part 1 and Part 2 and yeah. all of our fantastic blockbuster cinematic games like Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm trying to think of all of them. And Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, with its SSD capabilities, will be available day one. Day one. All those games will be included in PlayStation Premium for $18 a month. But wait, there's more. If you sign up now, every new PlayStation exclusive, like The Last of Us Factions, Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, and Chewy Chewy Bakarui lasts a long time. We'll be coming to PlayStation day and date on PlayStation Premium. I was just making up a really cool name of a game. Um, how many people, Gaz, would upgrade to the premium service if they knew Spider-Man, Wolverine, God of War Ragnarok, and all of their tentpole games were right there in the service? Twelve. How many? Give me a number. Twelve, Twelve people. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> Fifteen trillion. Boyd goes, oh my gosh, Colt Jim is a Gordy, not a posh English bloke. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I can't do that <laughs> accent, but I was doing my best, oh. and I didn't. I didn't. Like, that was good. That. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Uh, I like it. Jim. Yeah. I like Jim. He's like he's very I like, suave. I like Colt Jim. He's got, like he's Colt got the button undone. He's got the gin blossoms because he has late drinks before he goes to his morning <laughs> Zoom meetings. He's amazing. So, Gaz, how many people? I'm gonna ask the chat as well. Lee, seven one eight. How many in the millions do you think would upgrade? in the first month or two to PlayStation premium, knowing that Spider-Man two, God of War, Ragnarok, final fantasy 16, Forspoken, uh, Wolverine, that they're all going to be there when they launch. Are you saying additional- it says 30 million? I have a number that I bounced off another friend. Gaz, I want to hear yours as well. As we look at the chat, is that an additional subscribers? Well, they have or, 50 million oh. subscribers on PS Plus, so you got to think how many people are going to take their $10, well, it's not $10 a month, but take their $60 a year payment plan and upgrade it, double it, basically, to uh, whatever it is to get them upgraded up, because there'd probably be an upgrade uh, deal. I'm with Risk yeah, It, 11.7. 11.7. I'm with uh, Insanity, says 6.9 million. I am sitting somewhere around 8 to 10 million, I think. Would. A lot of people in chat are saying 10 million. Now, the reason why I ask you that number, chat, and Gaz, my amazing, handsome co-host, is huh? 10 million up- upgrades would easily pay for that risk. But I don't think Yoshida and the other leadership at PlayStation think they're, they've, run, they've run the numbers. I don't think they expect or even feel like 10 million or 8 million would subscribe. I think they must think it's only going to be one or 2 million and it's not worth it. Otherwise, Hargate mm. and I were crunching the numbers. It would be, I, I don't remember the number. I put up a tweet about it, but they would be making a billion something a year. And it already pays for, and you know what? People already buy the games regardless. Some of them even, uh, and here's what you do as well. Xbox does this and it's brilliant. You put the game day and date in the service and three days earlier, you can get the deluxe version that you buy outright and you get it early and people can't wait. And then the other ones they wait on and get in the service. So I talked well, a lot, Gaz, where, what is your opinion on this? Well, you look, I think you're onto something there. There may be, there may be data available to them. That's stopping them doing this. But I think the reason why they're not doing it is because they're just buying time. Buying time to squeeze out as much as they can from this model that has served them incredibly well. They're not well adjusted against a competitor that has remarkably more financial weight than they are to have a face-off on this. So they have to squeeze out. Sony's doing the right thing. I'm sorry, but they, they're they fighting to survive. PlayStation is everything that more or less for Sony. I'm not yes, saying PlayStation yes. is going to die when I say fighting to survive, but for them, it's a battle where they need to squeeze out as much as they can. And really, they so Microsoft I have a gamble as well with this capital expenditure uh, sure. on, on Game Pass. But they're just buying time. One day, I do imagine that Sony will follow suit. They will have day and date. They will. That's where the market is leading. And then, obviously, this narrative of quality and all that will age terribly. Like a lot of uh, narratives. Which they do of- a lot. They 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 back off on uh, 
on their statement, on their stance, on where that why they do or don't do things, and then they yeah. say we believe in generations. So I fully expect and that, that was as well, a matter guys. of months. I fully expect that. Here's, I fully here's, expect that. Here's the problem, and I got to give a shout out to uh, to Beer Baron uh, zero zero or Beer Baron double ot. Is probably how he says his name. Beer Baron nails it. He says, but the problem is, Colts, keeping those subscribers, you don't do that with one and done 12 hour single player games. Now we can sit here like Beer Baron and take the take the pee <laughs> about the one and done thing. But there is such merit to a Forza Horizon 5. People play it for months. And I mean I played it for two months straight, right? Xbox has more output coming to Game Pass. They've struck more deals. One of my good friends said, I think it, well, I don't like to quote somebody if I'm not sure if they said it. But one of my good friends said that PlayStation may be able to put all their games in there, but they don't have the capital to pick up a couple or a bunch of third-party things like Plague's Tale, Requiem, and, all, and like that. Maybe they don't have the capital to grab those, but their tentpole first-party games, guys, are done in 8 to 25 hours for the most part. And which is great because they're amazing, but they don't have that online competitive and cooperative factor that's also built into the yeah. game where you do the single player thing, you go on and you play the campaign all the way through with your friend, uh, minus Halo, and then um, you have the yeah. competitive multiplayer and uh, all that stuff, right? And there really is Mer- all... Beer Baron's right. He's right, absolutely. Those games are designed for Game Pass. That's why they work. But Sony, again, is buying time. It's buying time. Like 10 live services games, buying time. Their model's going to change. Their single-player one-and-done game is not going to work. There's going to be more co-op. Ghost of Tsushima has it. Then there's going to be all of that. All of mm-hmm. their games are going to do what Microsoft has been doing, albeit not so great in many games in terms of quality, but they're going to do that. They are buying time, squeezing as much as they can until they ready themselves to be in a position it's where too they early. are. And it's too early. It's too early now. Mark these words. If it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen in, I'm talking about 10 years' time, then that would have meant that Game Pass, its growth, either Game Pass failed or its growth is horrendously low that it couldn't disrupt PlayStation for a decade with that plan. That's I mean, how I see things. I don't know if Game Pass is going to dominate what PlayStation offers, but we do know that PlayStation is very far behind, and they're doing everything Xbox is doing. They're buying studios. They're working on 10 games as a service titles, which will feed it to keep people on the service. And I think maybe the 10 live service games is part of the plan to make that system more robust because they do the the, uh, the service system more robust. And I think that's where they're sitting. This takes us to uh, what Satya said, because he said, I, I hated it when he said this, Gaz, but he has such a beautiful smile. And he says, we're, we're number five. We're, we're like, we're down in the, we're not even on the podium. Like we're, we're, <laughs> we're not even, we're not oh. even fourth. We're maybe fifth place. Oh, Microsoft. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh. uh, you know, when, 
of course, he's talking about Xbox because as far as Microsoft, they're at the top. But but when he looks at the Xbox gaming division, he's like, we're, we're not even, we didn't even get a certificate and we can't compete. And he says to the, this is all old news for everybody. <laughs> so they gave him the little certificate with a scratch and sniff sticker, you know, the one that smells like chocolate. And you smell like, that doesn't smell like chocolate. Shout out to anybody who was raised in the 80s that had scratch and sniff stickers. They're freaking awesome. Until two weeks later when they ran out of smell, kind of like Halo Infinite. But anyway, sorry, Mac Brown. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, no. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yeah, he's like, we're number five. Like, he says, he doesn't say it to PlayStation. He's not talking to PlayStation, Gaz. He's talking to he's the talking regulators. To and what does he say? And do, uh, his, I mean, is that, says- do his accent because you're from that part of the planet. I love it. I'm not do doing it. This boggle. He wants me to do an Indian accident as an English. Do you know how inappropriate? I can, I can do it, but Big Bang Theory got cancelled for that. Although oh, that really? guy wasn't Indian, I could get away with it. I mean, you I grew, you were born can, like listen, right oh, next okay, to the country. All right, bastard! If you want me to do it, I will do it, bastard! I will swear on this show, bastard! If you want me to do it, he talked. Oh. He said we are only fourth place, bastard. We're only Apple is in this space, bastard. They don't oh. even do anything. Thirty percent mobile. We don't even invest in it. They are fourth. No, we are you fifth. sounded we are stop. You sounded so you sounded so much nicer. You were yeah, killing wait, me. He, okay, for the, talks, for the audience for the audience and anybody who's just joined the show anybody who's listening on demand on spotify where you you just have audio only gaz is amazing he was born and raised as a child in pakistan he he has spent most of his adult life in 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 london so uh one of my best friends is indian uh but doesn't have an accent uh like that so yeah i i I've learned the so much. The accents are quite similar. Indian accent is stronger. Satya's accent isn't stronger, but he was it, like, we are very, number four very... in the place. It uh, is going to happen. I think we it's amazing. We just want to compete. Compete, yeah. No, he didn't do it like that, but um, he was like, um, yeah, he said it in this place. Look, we're fourth place. His accent is actually kind of peculiar. It's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's in middle somewhere uh, as an Asian person. But I his, say his that. smile, though, he sat back there um, in that interview and just smiled like, <laughs> let us compete. He, he's pleading to the, he's not pleading to the regulators. He's like, kind of like, his attitude is like, we're not even in the realm of dominating. Uh, we wanted to, the, the, the platform was not doing anything. Like, and he, I'm sure Satya's sitting there looking back, like before I took over, they wanted this, they wanted Xbox to drown. And he's like, now we want to invest in it. We want to build something. Our games go everywhere, but a PlayStation. Let us compete. He said like that. Let us compete. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if he did that? He was just talking all professionally. He's like, let us compete. (laughs) Let me read a couple super chats. I am sweating bullets here. Uh, we got into the season where it's cold outside in the morning and at night, but then like I sit here with gas and I feel like the depths of hell for every Someone broken room. We- Just going, let's compete. Uh, shout out to uh, Risk It for the Biscuit in the oh. chat as well. Dub says, shout out to another great show. Mad respect to Gaz for bringing up Guyver, by the way. I would love to see some anime titles. Well, I'm glad he said titles. Made it into some AAA games. Uh, thanks, Dub. Outbreak Podcast Web Dave sends a super. Thank you, buddy. He says, I own a Steam Deck and ordered a Logitech G. So he says, so both. Risk it for the biscuit with Australian 3. Thank you, buddy. He says, 
And we need to play games, bro. Um, I need to get him on chat again. He oh, says, no, he's, he's, have you seen his KD on COD? It's terrible. I don't play with your risk. He would, get he would fit right in with me. Huggy, <laughs> like, Huggy just joined the chat because I just started watching to hear Gaz doing an Indian accent. <laughs> Asses off. Okay, it's coming back. I don't know. I think it disconnected right when I was saying that, but we should be back. Hang on a second. Anyway, the, the guy said... Um, Jim Castle. I mean, Jim Ryan. The guy, uh, like I said, go to this gas station. And this lady makes amazing Indian food. So uh, what was I? Oh, let me read the super. Uh, We should be back. Uh, Keep an eye on the chat while I read this here. Gaz, you're amazing. Risky for the Biscuit says, if it's not in effect, why do we not this? He's talking about the parody clause uh, a little while ago. He says, why do we not have FSR 2.0 on Deathloop? And that is something that AMD touted and uh, bragged about in the spring saying it will be the first game on Xbox with FSR 2.0 and that that's when we knew the exclusivity was ending and I looked earlier risk it I couldn't find any information it's only using FSR 1.0 and I'm that's it's a software thing I don't know why they didn't push it in there uh, risk it also asked with another super chat FSR 1.0 is available on PlayStation that's why it would come under tech parity why don't we have FSR 2.0 in death loop it's not parody. Uh, no, it's I, not. It's a material technical def. That's the definition. If the PlayStation can't do FSR 2.0, Xbox can. That fits right in a material technical um, difference. That's why. Yeah. That's yeah. what it would be. I'm, I'm sorry. That's what it would be. Fight me. Fight oh, me. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure YouTube was like, uh, Gaz's accent was so good, we had to cut the stream for a second. Um, <laughs> Gamer by Choice, thank you so much for the super, who's also a channel member with the Raz from Psychonauts, as I adjust my glasses. Gamer by Choice said, didn't Sony already pay sir- say service is not sustainable? If they went back on it, they may lose face. Plus, they think they get more money without it. Um, do they get more money? When they just sell their games outright, I'm kind of thinking maybe yes. they won't or don't, and they don't know it. Gaz, you disagree? Well, I disagree. I think they look the way it's going. That price tag, they will make a lot more money than subs. Their games aren't poised to extract value. Like we've talked about that single player only, one and done games. They're not really fit for that sub model. Um, so they'll they're buying time. Their games will be mark these words. There will be single-player games. They will have more multiplayer components, more things angling themselves for the future of the subservice. They'll be stupid not to do it, even exploratory. <laughs> but they it's weird. To- I mean, do they expect that their games only sell the first month? Because that's definitely not true. When you when you put out a game like Horizon Forbidden West, well, I mean, they yeah. had to bundle it. But Mm-mm. I know that you expect most of your sales to come in the first week or two. Like, the biggest chunk of your sales, maybe. But it's just not true. Like, Spider-Man is not a service-based game, and it sold and sold and sold for three years until it hit $20 million or $30 million sold. I don't understand why even a shorter game isn't viable for people to come in and, hey, I've been hearing about this PlayStation Premium. My friend Jerry has PlayStation Premium, and it's got these games that I haven't played yet. Maybe PlayStation feels like, hey, our core audience only... 10% of our core audience buys our first party games and that 10% is not going to make it if we went to uh, PlayStation premium, but premium isn't for the core audience. P- premium is wide. Like you're there to grab everybody, anybody who wants a cheap alternative or a, a better value into the service. That's where I'm yeah. sitting at it. 
Red Wolf with a super. It's a, uh, it's a nuanced topic. It's a nuanced topic. You need it data. Is, okay. We've talked about it a lot here, and I feel like we don't get very far. But here's the funny things. I feel like I'm right, and PlayStation's wrong. How how ridiculous is that? How dumb am I? <laughs> I really do. Well, and, and I've had people on Twitter get really mad at me. Oh, what business degree do you have? I'm like, well, I have a computer-aided drafting well, half degree. Half the people on the Twitter can't even read, so it's like, what <laughs> business degree they do you They say you're need? wrong with Y-O-U-R. What business degree do you not have for to with? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> Red Wolf, thank you so much. for. I'm being disrespectful. I, I'm really sorry. I'll, next time, I'll, I'll wait five minutes to make another joke and make fun of people. Red Wolf with the $20 super says, nothing important to say, just wanted to give... Some support to two very good dudes who are both an inspiration to a ton of people here in this great community. I think I speak for everyone. I say never stop, never stopping like this. So thank you. Um, We really appreciate that. Gaz and I talk about creating content or doing shows and and sitting down to make that video when you're wondering if if it's if how much work is going to be. You guys make it worth it. Right, Gaz? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. The only reason why is your reactions. It's like to make seem people like it. It's not about money. Don't give a damn about that. Uh-huh. It's all I, about people like it. I talked to someone who said, you know, Colt, people just listen to the videos. They don't watch them because I take the time to put all these special clips in. And you and I do these micro edits and time things. And, and one of our friends is like, you know, people just turn their phone over and listen to your video like it's a radio report. I'm like, do they? I don't know. Uh, but we like to make stuff cool because it's funny. I, it's hard to explain. I like reading the comments and hearing how people enjoyed the video or what they learned from it. I like to see the numbers, you know, and if I make five bucks, I'm going to buy gas, a, uh, ice cream Sunday at E3. Uh, do it. Next- <laughs> Let's do it. Um, Phil do Spencer, it. Phil Spencer. I'll just jump right in this. Phil Spencer, uh, is rumored to, uh, he's kind of said this publicly, but they're not interested in paying for franchise games. Like they're not interested in going to Monolith Studios and saying, "We would like to have that Wonder Woman game exclusive. Uh, we'll pay you to Good. to put it on there." Phil Spencer's yeah. attitude is, "We're waiting for ABK to clear this Activision Blizzard. We'll just buy the studio or buy the franchise so we can have it. They don't want to pay fees to have access to stuff." to have it yanked because of some contractual agreement or have some other studio turn around and make something. They want to have Xbox say Xbox is home to Banjo, Conquer, Skyrim guy, Fallout guy, and on and on. Uh, and maybe Indiana Jones. I don't know. That's a previous one. But Gaz, I, I want to hear what your opinion is where he would just rather buy the franchise or buy the studio that owns the franchise. What a flex. What a flex. I would rather just buy a lot of these American. I'd rather... Uh, I, can't, I can't do American accent. Uh, uh, Phil's also... <laughs> no, just talk like Blink-182 and you got it. Go. Uh, yeah, because I talk to you all the time. All the, all the small things. Um, um, no. Um, look, Microsoft needs to do that. These little... I completely understand. They're, the Metaverse push, they want identity association with the brand that isn't just temporary. Can't bind these franchise agreements. Don't do much. Like even Tomb Raider didn't do much. The core gaming circles, there was a lot of bad blood over the deal, but mm-hmm. did you say Tomb Raider and Xbox? No, it makes no sense. Buy the studios out, 
get those talent in there, make that. So Spider-Man and now PlayStation are synonymous with each other after one game. Well, Miles Morales DLC, they are. And there, there you go. They, they bought they bought Insomniac. That's it. Now they can just churn these out. And what does Microsoft want? One Wonder Wonder Woman. One, like, whatever, X-Men game. And like, X-Men, Xbox, come on, that blood, breath. Uh, but yeah, look, just buy the studio. Smart move, the right move. I mean, they're doing that Good. Midnight Suns, Suns Marvel game that's licensed that doesn't belong to them. And it's, I think it's a timed exclusive. Is it even an exclusive? I don't remember. We don't Maybe even know. They, they ask the question. Do you associate Midnight Suns with Xbox? I don't I even do. know. I do. I, do. I, I don't even actually don't even know the right answer. Chat, let us know. Hey, shout out to one bad mother in the chat. We hung out for hours the other night with some of the Ecstasy podcast uh, Xbox Club people. Um, one bad mother, no. What's that Midnight Suns? Is it just in Game Pass, but it's a multiplat? I can't even remember because I don't think I'm like really keyed in on excited about that game. But um, Zoker is. I'm not. Zoc, yeah, Zoker likes good. anything Marvel. If they made a, if they made Marvel a frozen yogurt, he would be down there <laughs> filling up the pink cup and putting on a little hat. He's but, Greek. Marvel yogurt. He's buying that. Hundred <laughs> if, if Marvel makes a Greek character, yeah, he's gonna dress up as that for every Halloween for the rest of his life. Uh, shout <laughs> out to Zoker. He's amazing. Um, shout out. To so one of the other things that goes along, thanks to Assassin for being like right on the right on spot for the time for this, is. Phil and Sarah were at Tokyo Game Show, and they've been speaking up in interviews about making a massive imprint in the Japanese and Asian market for gaming. Gaz, this is more of your forte, but Phil is saying that uh, they want to have their own studio there or acquire one, and they are partnering with some of the biggest names in Asian gaming studios and publishers right now. Do you remember what some of these big names? Well, I don't know the the names and how big these partnerships are. But well, I mean, the, it was like, the interesting I think they, part, didn't they say from software in that list? And uh, they even at the end mentioned Square Enix right at the end. She was talking about all these yeah. names and then Square Enix at the end. The main thing this is going to be leading to, I've said it for months. Xbox will, once the ABK deal is done, Either acquire a big publishing outfit, Sega, or something <laughs> with like <clears throat> Sega. You people love Sega is very bro. What's this question of whether or not? And I don't know the answer. Whether I see this all the time on the internet. You can't buy a non-Japanese company. Cannot buy a Japanese company. They could get into a joint venture agreement. Oh, there are other ways around it, but. Once we get over this, humor me, then they can buy it, which I think they can. Sega makes so much sense. Sega made so... If you want to make a splash in Japan, you need to send a message. Kojima's not enough, although it's a big move. Sega, even though their IPs perhaps aren't anywhere... Well, not perhaps, aren't comparatively even remotely as relevant. The the impact, the shockwave Sega would create in Japan and globally would be amazing. But mark my words, you can say I'm wrong. And this is a guess. I don't have any insider knowledge. Uh, I'm just telling you, they will buy a Japanese outfit. They will focus or a publisher. It's coming. And it's coming, in my opinion, quite soon. Because if you want a game pass to succeed, you want Japan to succeed, you have to do that. You've just told me that they don't want to enter into franchise agreements because of why. They'd rather buy at studios. Why does that not apply to Japan? 
absolutely applies to Japan. Homegrown talent. If this metaverse push where they spent 70 billion on Call of Duty and all of these without typical games with Xbox that aren't even actually, you know, unique, that, that something the PlayStation has, because you want something that PlayStation has, mm-hmm. you want that appeal. It's happening. So, and, and if it happens, I swear to God, everyone in chat, you need to massage my face <laughs> because it's happening. Publishers happening, they or developer. Big move is coming in Xbox in Japan. Everyone says it can't happen because of this legalese. I don't even know what cross jurisdictional joint venture agreement is happening. So, mark my words. And people are thinking spore here. They're like, I'll leave no, studios no. here and there. And if, no. if Microsoft is thinking that, they're wrong. They're wrong because you need a Lost Odyssey 2 coming out. You need studios to develop that kind of game. If you're, if Microsoft's not thinking like that and they're doing these small little games, the only thing was, I think I talked about this last week on your show, as Sarah Bond alluded to, yeah. these small little partnerships and small games, they, that doesn't cut it. There's a waste of time. You're just going to bide on the value proposition of Game Pass in Japan. It's short, short-sighted strategy. You will see trickle-down effect, but it will not be the shotgun blast shock to the system that Japan needs. So mark yeah. my word, buy Sony, buy Sega. Sega, Sammy, they, they split the gambling and gaming departments right for the taking. It's happening. It's happening. I'm just going to say it. Sega. <laughs> um, shout out to Mav in the chat. I, I'm hoping that somebody, I looked briefly while you were talking. I can't remember the name of the, like, the four or five partnerships that Xbox said that they are <clears throat> they're working on games right now because... Excuse me. In the uh, 20 years that Xbox has been around, they've had a lot of Asian marketed games that they've had exclusive. And then that has fallen out over the past 10 years. And so Sarah Bond named a bunch of partnerships. I couldn't remember what the names were because uh, I wasn't planning on making a video. So I didn't like mark that in my notebook, you know, put that in there. But um, (laughs) I swore they said things about from software and some other big uh, Bandai Namco or something, but I can't remember and I can't find it, but let me know in the chat if you remember what they said, because people were like, Xbox has no games from the Asian market. They're, they're, what are you, what are you talking about? They don't have anything. I'm like the, the statement is literally about the future of Xbox <laughs> having <laughs> games coming from Japanese and Asian and Korean studios. Oh, read. I'm telling you. Oh, oh, man, I, I'll tell you what. And then they tell me what, what's your business degree? And I'm like, Bro, you haven't even gotten out of the third grade. That is complete. <laughs> let me, uh, I'm terrible. Let, let me read a couple supers. Highlander001, thank you for the super. Says, I met Satya Nadella at his son's, Satya Nadella at his, son, at his son's funeral. My father-in-law are close friends. He is a CEO for a reason. Phil Spencer can be nice, he says. Satya Nadella is the CEO of Microsoft. He doesn't have to be nice. It's just business. Microsoft will be fire next year. Um, um, I I do I do I do feel like Satya Nadella is has the fangs. Whereas Phil Spencer, obviously, he's the head of Xbox. He has to be his character. He's done, bro. Phil Spencer saved Xbox. Let's just be be real. Yep. He made the pitch to Satya, and Satya said yes. This, shout out to both of these gents for doing that. And Satya and, though has the teeth. And as a PlayStation diehard fan, like you can celebrate that Xbox for a decade was like laying there flaccid, sitting on sitting on the bench eating sunflower seeds, not never getting on the field and playing. And shout out to my baseball yeah. fans who are out here. But um, 
it was it was terrible. They they had they weren't doing anything, and Phil had to convince Satya, let us compete. Yeah, he had to say, <laughs> no, we want some games. Um, we want some money. Well, actually, let us compete. He did. He, he did. Was Phil Spencer made the pitch. It's like, look, Satya said, literally, the conversation goes, look, Phil, it doesn't need to. Be, we don't need to be here, yard. Come on, yard. We don't need to do gaming. What is this? Phil said, mm-hmm. don't you do it, bastard. No, he said, Phil. <laughs> Phil said, Satya, look, we can make waves. The smart play, though, Phil Spencer was right. If this conversation, they sat down in, in the back room and they said, look, Phil Phil should say to Satya, was I not right? This metaverse push and the way the industry is working. Was uh, he I doesn't not right? have to. He's, Satya already said, buy whatever you want. If it's super massive, like in the billions and billions, run it by me, please. He didn't say. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, he really did. No, no, he Keep didn't. Going. But I'm saying, like, there, there was a moment where. Phil had to convince Satya that they Satya said to him, look, look, there's this place where we don't need to be it. Phil said there we should, and here are the reasons why. And now he's he's verified that that's it because the metaverse pressure is a smart play. Consumer habits and how the future landscape of how we all absorb content gaming is key, key in that space. And so Microsoft has been, yeah, money, 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 and also mm-hmm. mind share. And we're plugged in. This is a dystopian future. But with Satya in this place now, the, with his teeth, Microsoft are not messing around. And people know that. And you can see, this is why people come at you so rawly. All the narratives, almost every single one has been destroyed, except sad dad, single player, the AAA third person game give us that then what happens it's, it's really then, not about for me it's not about me being nostradamus or predicting or having insider knowledge whatsoever it's, i just try and think of things like reasonably and i really feel like a lot of fans that we talk to uh the fanboys right they don't think logically they're thinking what's going to push their agenda forward and those narratives die because PlayStation is backtracked and they've changed their approach and um, Xbox is I mean, going to just make a whole bunch of games. But that weight really sucks, especially for us. You know, oh, there's a brood mother. Uh, oh, gosh. The, the the grounded footage is playing. Um, oh. Gosh, dang. The, the game is the game is so good. Uh, I can't wait to talk more about it. But what is uh, it with these spiders, by the way? Because me and my friend played it and it terrified us it's something Dude. the way it's animated it's terrifying well, they did the skittish thing like they they skitter and scatter like, That's like it. they've done their like, they've done their homework and i'm interviewing uh one of the one of the leads at obsidian tomorrow i'm gonna ask him about wh- how they got this because they they nail it the spiders don't look like uh shelob and lord of the rings they look they look less what's the word you always say that when someone's like kind of scaring you or getting in your face what's the word you always use in in something Dang. intrusive i don't know what the word you use anyway uh yeah it's what a great game. To say? it's a great game um, i don't know i don't know you, you uh, uh, i'm not even gonna chase the word but uh, let me read a couple supers here zatana bathory says thank you so much for the super says wb and dc have been going downhill Hopefully Xbox picks them up. NetherRealm Mortal Kombat on Xbox with Killer Instinct and the backing of Microsoft Wallet. Can I get a sauce? <laughs> I've talked about that too. Can you imagine Mortal Kombat plus Killer Instinct the game? Or Mortal Kombat v Killer Instinct the game with NetherRealm. And uh, I mean, just let NetherRealm uh, work on the Killer Instinct part. Do it all. I think. I think- 
I think I think um, someone actually alluded to that as well uh, from Ed Boon. Maybe he was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like toyed around with the idea that would be amazing. When I saw uh, Tekken 8's trailer, which was amazing, and Sony State of Play was really good, the backgrounds in the Unreal Engine 5 and everything was deforming. Killer Instinct would kill that with all the deformations and stuff with the music as you pull out an ultra. Oh, man, it would be amazing. Yeah, Killer Instinct's like seven, eight years old now, so it needs a resurgence. I'm not a big fighting person. Like Somebody asked me, what are your top five fighting games? I'm like, "Uh, Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2. But I'm not like most people. Hargeet Chani has some knowledge here with a $5 super chat. He says, this whole thing, not being able to buy a Japanese company is bunk. Any company doing business in Japan has a subsidiary there, including Microsoft. Thank you, Hargeet. I'm pretty sure that's nonsense, but I don't have anything to back up. But Hoggy knows say They stuff. can't buy Capcom. They're a Japanese company. They can't buy... Yeah. From software because PlayStation owns majority share, they get that one too, right? Yeah, I mean, Embracer's ones like definitely got rid of their Western studios, but they're still associated with. So I'm like, but I don't think so. I'll take Hargeet on his word as opposed to his conspiracy. I will too. I mean, Hargeet's been responsible for me coming up with some crazy uh, outside the box thinking. And uh, if you have to know Hargeet, he's been around long enough and looked into uh, major business. Happenings Harvard, on. Man. Respect. Put respect yep. on that name. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's. We respect Hargeet, and we like him, and we're gonna hang out at E three. Risk it for the biscuit. Thank you so much for the eight Australian dollar. What do they call the dollar in Australia? The dollar. They call it a dollar. Yeah. Okay. Uh, think he says. Think tech when you think acquisitions. Capcom is a much better option. The RE engine plus all the IPs. RE engine's awesome. Riskit says the RE engine plus all IPs, they'll go after tech and IP. So Riskit's saying, guys, don't think of it as studios and don't think of it as exclusive. Just think about tech and the IPs that come with it. Because when we say tech IPs, stuff. we don't mean... Talent. Yeah, we don't think... When we say IPs, we're not thinking uh, Captain America and... Uh, Noid from <laughs> Domino's. We're we're talking about studios that have their own IPs, um, like Monster uh, or whatever. Like I, those I, I franchises. think Capcom is going to be very expensive after Monster Hunter World did big numbers and Resident mm-hmm. Evil. So yeah, I don't. Whether think they so. will even want to sell is one thing, but I will say I would prefer if PlayStation got Capcom. <laughs> Look. Look, man, PlayStation would be so cool if they had Capcom. The competition would be raw. They would be so raw. I don't, I don't think it's happening, but it could happen. And I would, I would, I would prefer. Look, I'm all for competition, man. Yeah. And I think Sony. Hmm, yeah, I think Sony deserve it. Uh, <laughs> I don't I mean, see I just, why. There, there's, <laughs> there's a there's the a bunch. Synergy. There's a bunch of games that I really like from Capcom. (laughs) It's like, shut up, Cass. Shut up, Cass. Hey, hit the like button if you're having a good time. We have uh, 350-some likes. We get seven more, I think, if you're enjoying the show. Um, Let me make sure I've got it all. (laughs) Let's have have fun for a second. PlayStation fans, PlayStation diehards are canceling their pre-order to Call of Duty because they say it's trash, and they want to stick it to Microsoft. But, Gaz, I think... Guess what? Jim Ryan just told you, if you cancel your pre-order for Call of Duty, you're hurting them more than anybody else. 
Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, are you going to hurt? Yeah, I saw a lot of it. A lot of it was fake nonsense. Some people, genuine fans, are, I know there are PlayStation fans who are annoyed at. I can recognize genuine frustrations about, one, they're talking about the things that, uh, you know, I picked up on as well. And it's genuine. Then they've spent a lot of time on the beta. But vast majority of the people say, I've never have said who said they cancel their uh, COD have also said when it goes to Xbox, they will never buy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what do you say for that? Like, what do you say to that? Like, don't be a melt. That's what you yeah, are. It's not melt. Happening. You're a melt if you've said that. I mean, <laughs> PlayStation on, and Sony are begging Xbox to keep Call of Duty on their platform or else they're going to lose their shorts. And if you guys start canceling your pre-orders, uh, that it's going to hurt. It was brilliant. That was such a good tweet. I'm proud of you, tweet. That offer tweet of you, Colt, for that tweet. The that one time you were like, proud of my tweet. The one time that I didn't just end myself. Uh, on he's a, a bad, liability bad on Twitter, but when he does deliver, he does the source so well. <laughs> that was such a perfect tweet. We are we are working on uh, killing the be nice thing in our own special way, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let me talk about grounded for just a second here. Uh, you guys don't understand this game. It looks unassuming. It really does. And uh, once you're on the ground floor as an eighth inch tall or 15 centimeter tall human being, uh, the yard is a very scary place to be, even with your closest friends. I really feel like I'm reading a script, but this is just coming off the top of my head because I've been playing the game for over 400 hours. I played the majority of it with my two kids. I've said it's on the show before. When we play on Party Chat... Uh, We're in three separate rooms, headsets on. I really, really feel like I'm in this yard trying to stay alive with my kids. We bond, we yell, we we argue Uh. at each other, we laugh, we victory of triumphant. Um, My kids are very, very smart. And and the way we work together, uh, it's amazing. You can build in the world. You have to grab everything and figure out how it works together to create things. My son will say, I'm going to go over and get this and this and this and this and bring it back. And my daughter's like, I'll go get those things and those things. And then I'll say, I'll set up the blueprints and we start building this massive complex. The game is very difficult. It's got RPG elements where you have tiered weapons and tiered armor. So you get this like Skyrim feeling in the game. Um, Your character has these RPG level ups. Uh, It's really great. Um, It's it's set in the mid 80s. You're four teenagers that found themselves woken up as completely shrunken. They don't know where they are. They don't know how to get home. The news is reported they're missing. It's fantastic. Um, it's such you a say great this game. Is more f- Could you play with your kids? Do you think like a- adults can play this? Absolutely. I-, I started playing the game because Assassin Lupa, who is uh, a bit older than I am, was playing it by herself and loved it to death and rambled on and on about how to play the game. So I was like, oh, my kids and I tried it and we only have these two items and we can't do anything. We can't get anywhere. She's like, you have to do this and this to get this. And you have to do this and this to get that. And if you don't want to die from these things, you have to do these things. I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's really crazy. The game is fantastic. You basically have like five dungeons you have to go through that are very frightful um, and very like it's very high risk. The game's fantastic. Right now, let's check it on Metacritic. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll check the Metacritic it's score. want it. It's reviewing quite well, but there's only a handful of uh, reviews. Uh, let's it. see. I mean, uh, this morning, the reviews are coming in. 
Uh, yeah, there's still only 13. It's an 81 on Xbox. The game is identical on the PC. I can attest to that. I've also played it there. It is an 84, so it sits in an 82 or 83 Metacritic, which, uh, Gaz, are you ready for this? It puts it, well, I mean, there's hardly any reviews, but right now it's sitting right around Ghost of Tsushima and Halo 5. Or, you know, it's like that. So, yeah. Um, when I see these spiders, <laughs> I get, like, itchy. I, I've been playing the game in review mode, the full version with all of the extra production uh, with Randall Thor almost every night. Got to a point where I said, Rand, I can't play with you anymore. We're about to go to the end part. My kids and I haven't seen it. Um, Rand's like, the game is so creepy. Rand says, "I he's the same as me, but we hate spiders, but we're uh, really curious about learning about them. And w- the wolf spiders do this thing where they put their arms up like this when they see you. They get, uh, there's that word I need from you. They get, that's ah, doing it right now on the screen, but they get up on I got arachnophobia. I got a little bit of arachnophobia, but uh, it, I'll squash them. I, I do this thing where I, I, I take a Kleenex and I, I smash them and then I crumble it in my hand. I throw it in the toilet and I flush and I say, tell all your friends about me. I do it all the time. <laughs> I say it oh, every time. I am the opposite. I would literally pick them out. I can't hurt, can't hurt them. They're so cute. They're so tiny little things. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They're so uh, they're so scary. And uh, Rand said that he's different. looked into spiders, and they actually raise up and get bigger when they feel like they're threatened, so that you can see how big they are, and then you can see their fangs. And then the the bonus of that is they can bring those hands down on their prey and pin them and bite down, like Gaz does on a hamburger Aww. from DoorDash. It's um. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I expect the game to land somewhere around an 82 meta by the time all the reviews come in. And I think we're going to see a very hot month or so, uh, at least, on Twitch. I think people are going to be sharing their experience, what they're building, and how they survive, and the predicaments they get into. I think it's going to be one of those things like, here's this little game that kind of uh, won people over, I'm hoping. What do you think when you I see his footage, guys? It looks like a lot of this fun. And someone in chat said, someone said, um, <laughs> happy bombs are so cute until they crawl in your mouth while you're sleeping. I have woken up to a giant spider on my mouth. Like, yo. Uh, and uh, I still did thought, I can't crush it. Um, <laughs> uh, but when I see this gameplay, one, I have to say, the art style is just beaming with character. It's very it's nice. I mean, graphically, it's quite nice. Like, it's not the, lighting, stunner, like, the lighting is freaking fantastic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> lighting looks beautiful. Visually, it looks really nice. It's, it, I played it in early access. Me and my friend Sam, we didn't know what we were doing very early when it just came out. And, uh, yeah, we... But, but we kind of was hooking us. Like, we just didn't have direction. But if we played with you, it would be a lot of fun. I think we need to do that. I the think game sets it up. Play. The game kind of pushes you in the direction you're supposed to do. So all this stuff yeah. was not fleshed out, and the community has really provided a lot of stuff. And Obsidian has said like they've gotten lots of ideas from the community about how to improve the game. But then they're like, that makes it not fun. You know, you take this out or you add this, and it sort of breaks the game as far as where they want to go. But right now, it's really good. I think Rand and I put some thirty hours into it. Rand was pushing me. To just go and do the the missions, I'm like, Rand, we can't. We need to spend tonight getting getting going, killing certain bugs, crafting our gear, building up our house. He did not want to build the complex, so Rand and I have this little 
a square hut made out of grass and all of our equipment's just laying on the floor. There's nowhere to walk. And, and in contrast, bad. my kids and I have a huge complex, right like 20 times oh. bigger. So really the game has things how long will it take it? me to get into it in a, an appreciable thing this is my thing like how long oh, do yeah. i have to spend to get a decent amount in this game because these uh, games are time things well i mean I, you'd probably have to play the game for four or five hours with me or with somebody that really likes the game but that's all right but you go and do these things and the way that you progress your character they've got these things that like they dangle out in front of you if you go find these you can you can make your character stronger or better or faster or uh, less prone to the survival problems. And uh, it's just really fantastic. And it's got so much charm and you're just afraid. Like if, if it's evening and my son's like, Hey, go grab some stuff. I'm, and I go out alone, even though he could be 20 feet behind me or 20 centimeters. Uh, I'm, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, something will bite you in the back. You're first person. You feel like something's getting, you know, it's great. The, the game's great. So I'm curious to see how everybody, uh, handles it please download it and give it a try it's on game pass and uh obsidian is magical so i'll try and get some info out of them about like how they approach their stuff but uh that's grounded i don't want to talk about it too much but gaz did you have fun tonight i always have fun i always have fun and you got cyberfunk footage i love this new overlay by the way shout out to everyone in chat you guys are amazing by the way Um, i had a great time i think it's fun to talk about random things like anime and life but it's like family like how often do we get to chill all of us here so that's my attitude to it so i am really grateful i feel humbled that 600 absolute psychopaths would listen to me (laughs) talk and us talk and just do our silly things i'm humbled and just love it it's just like a special special thing yeah i i keep an eye on the chat and like you guys you just get it, you know, guys and girls here in the chat. I, I see the the responses to some of the stuff that we're speculating or that we're trying to analyze, and they get it. It's really, so really how, cool. Do you imagine what I do? Like, these 600 people, everyone in chat, like, we're just, just chilling, like, in this massive field. We're just talking. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me, man. Everyone's like, it's just nice. It's just cool. I love it. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent again. No, no, it's it's super good. This is this is episode seventy. I've been running the show for about a year and a half, and I feel like sometimes I'm still trying to figure it out. But I really appreciate everybody for checking it out. This is on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and a couple other places where you can listen on demand. And the show goes up there a couple hours after it's been live uh, with the new setup. But yeah, we really appreciate it. I've also got the Patreon. If you join the Patreon, I have a tier where we can hang out in the club. We're, like I said, we're playing games. We're, sometimes we just sit back and talk. I'll sit back on this couch and we'll be in party chat for like two hours. And uh, um, talk to me about YouTube stuff. Talk to me about what you think's going on in the news. Or let's just laugh and make fun of Gaz when he's not there. It'd be great. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you. Uh, thank you all. Please do check out Game On Daily, one word for the YouTube channel. Uh, push the boundaries of what's acceptable. The next one will do that. The next source video where we don't Zero. hold back on critiquing on people. The fire brigade were called. If you follow me on Twitter, you will see uh, what happened. Uh, it got messy. Okay, I'll give you a quick s- sneak peek. It's just so hilarious. Like, I'm not making this up. Well, you saw the video, but what happened was we were... <laughs> okay, this is going to sound weird. We're, all of us were chilling we had a smoke machine. We had 
Requiem for Dreams soundtrack playing, which is a messed up movie, but there's a techno song. Uh-huh. Got guy in a pony hat. We got Safe dressed as a PlayStation exec with fake cocaine all over his face. It's flour. It's just flour, obviously. It's flour. It's just a mountain of it. And <laughs> oh the fu- my- we didn't realize because the music is blaring so loud that the alarm's going <laughs> off. And we're like, <laughs> the fireman has come in through the back because the, the sliding door was open. He's climbed over the fence and he comes open. He just opens the curtain and he goes, and, and in mid dance, he's just pony dancing. There's me dancing and the camera there. I'm dancing with a camera. Did, wait, wait, vibing. hold on. Did he go, which one of you ordered a fire? <laughs> no, it wasn't a porn flick, man. Although the camera and lighting gave that impression. <laughs> and, any like, of you like, boys want the smoke? <laughs> <laughs> it was fake flower. Uh, but yeah, no, honestly, there's mountains Dude, of it. So a testament, a testament to what you do in this space. Nobody, nobody's got the fire brigade breaking down their back door. <laughs> <laughs> Except for gas. You did that. <laughs> wow. You got so mad. I, I, okay. I mean, I'm not, I know not a lot of people are on Twitter. But Gaz and I have fun on there, and he talked about this fire, these firefighters. He had a short video of them when they came in. They were to- totally cool. So follow him on Twitter. His link is in the description. You can go see his tweet from a uh, day and a half ago. I found a picture of like a, a stripper uh, firefighter with his shirt off, and I put the sauce logo on his chest. And Gaz was like, oh, gosh. But we had fun. We had fun. But we shout had, out to yeah. you, Gaz, for doing what you do, you know, like <laughs> going crazy. Um, almost getting yourself <laughs> in trouble, throwing out like uh, firecrackers and smoke bombs out under bridges just for the sauce. We freaking love what you do. Um, you almost got arrested without, on that one, but less said about the better. We have to go hard. You have to go hard in this space to be yeah. just have fun. But thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me chat. let me read one more super chat uh, from David Kirkhoff. Thank you for the five euro. Says, do you think if the FTC approved the ABK, the Activision deal? Without restrictions, Microsoft will pull Call of Duty from PlayStation. Um, After five years, they will. You think they will or could? They I, could, I'm still... unless they have an appetite to renew it. Um, but we don't know. It um, depends on where Call is. Happy Bomb years. wants to hear the rest of the story when the fireman came in. Because it, <laughs> it was right, not so a good look. Fun. Not a good look. It Go was, ahead. So all the neighbors are out because there's all this massive fire truck is outside. And... He, so the guy at the back who comes climbing goes open the front door like we'll all be scared like what the flip is going on obviously now we can hear the fire alarm because the music's turned out open the door and it's that video well I tried to hide it too much and I'll show like, it in my source video and just like I was like yo there were four of them like just guys looking like what are you doing like yo man it's we're just making a video it's just a smoke machine you're like what? I don't know what you do. You're like YouTube video, and they're just asking about my YouTube channel. I'm like, oh man. That's <laughs> and awesome. as they were there, they spoke a lot. Machine went off again, just without pressing the button. And the guys like, mate. And the fire alarm went off again. And what time was it at night? It was like near midnight. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> bro oh man, that's my gosh. you guys don't understand how much coordination even on things like that i'm trying to make it more professional as well the videos the next one 
the cinematography is in key because I need to buy new lighting sets and stuff. There's a lot, <laughs> lot of expenditure. Hey, hold on, you left out. I don't think I don't know if you punctuated this enough, but A two in the chat says with powder on your face and someone with a pony, a rubber pony mask on as well, like Bro, you know, so hip thrusting with safe. He couldn't have come at a funnier time because he comes through and as you do it, I take a line off the fake cocaine off the pony head <laughs> and, and I'm just like we're filming it and then the camera's like selfie mode, you'll see it in the source video <laughs> but and then wait, the only problem is we just stopped recording I should have had the foresight to carry on recording I hit record again oh yeah, but, uh, but, but you're so you totally saw derailed, derailed, man. You have to be so derailed. To how you think and of I it. said, "No, no, no, I'm not recording. I'm not recording." But actually, it was recording. It was a bit did uh, <laughs> Pixel Slapper says, "Did they bring their hoses in?" <laughs> They're like, "Which one of y'all are oh, some man. firefighters?" It's so, yeah. bro. The amount of times we got into trouble for source videos is. You know how weird it was. Uh, how weird it was to hear firefighters like speak with a british accent because like i've only ever heard them they're like hey, you, you, you guys have a fire over here and that's not how they sound i was like well that's that's uh i'm not what used to that watch out. <laughs> oh no they were really which chill. one you ordered a fire nice snuffer there. yeah uh freaking, they're really nice they're really that's nice. so amazing i can't wait uh i can't wait to see it um yeah messy but, yeah but uh I guess watch out for, I don't know what in the world I'm working on next, but uh, thank you everybody for supporting the show and support what we do. And there are over 500 people here listening to Gaz talk about how he almost went to the brig. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. We're going to get out of here super late. If the police uh, came in, we'd be in trouble. If the police were there, then we were in trouble. How do you explain the Coke? Well, it's not Coke. Flour. Like, they do that no, thing like- they do on the TV shows. See if this is. It's 100% st- street value or whatever they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's true. gold. It's gold bond medicated ointment powder. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I really appreciate it. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, we got 400 likes. Thanks for doing everything, for, for being here and being here for the show we're going to see on next week. So, thanks, everybody. <laughs> we're going to get out. Later. Peace. I'm naked again.